Hello, sports fans. This is Sellout Sports. How y'all doing? I am Tori Rich, joined by Mike Mawson. We uh, we are going to the one once a week format, but that doesn't mean that there's going to be a shortage of content. This is to accommodate us being able to uh, launch a website. Our website uh, we're dreams. Going, yeah, we're going. Uh, we're going. You know, prestige worldwide. Sellout Sports worldwide. So uh, my mom said she wants a T-shirt. By the way, a <laughs> sports T-shirt. Well, we'll have to. Yeah, we're, we're gonna have to work out suppliers. Uh, first things first, website. So uh, you know, so we'll, we'll get in touch with our unpaid consultant, Ahmad Yasir, and uh, he's gonna hook us up with some help on WordPress, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna get that thing rolling. We'll do this. Thing. But uh, all right, yeah, hit that music. into what we go it is um you know we we spent basically an entire show on bill belichick the last show if you were not a belichick fan right i mean i guess if you're a belichick hater you still could have uh you know just yelled at yelled your, at your device your at Alexa, whatever your, <laughs> yeah. your, your car radio your your iphone your samsung whatever so uh we are not responsible for any cell phones or tablets that you you may have chucked through a window but yeah it was uh it was warranted now, we're not going to spend nearly as much time on that, but we're going to lead off with Bill Belichick because he's still very prominently in the news. And now the rumors are Falcons owner Arthur Blank wants him. And I mean, you and I, like the first thing that you and I, you know, started talking about is like, this is just hilarious. Like, what what does a job interview of Bill Belichick look like? Yeah, like <laughs> seriously. Where like a guy with his legacy, it's just like he is so overqualified for for the job yeah like i poised <laughs> i poised the question to you like it can't be you can't pick his brain about football right unless you thought that he like lost his step but then if that's the case why are you interviewing him in the first place yeah it has to be like are you personable like will i be able to work with you how much control do you want like those things versus like x's and o's or schematics or anything like that like you can't ask bill belichick about that right like yeah, you, you, well, so you, you're you're trying to find out because because the second one apparently both of these meetings were like on Arthur Blank's yacht or Private something, yacht, the, which is very impressive. The, I saw a photo. They're whining and dining him, and so the first one was just with Blank, and then the second one, and the, and first of all, this is just really funny anyway because they still need to follow the Rooney rule, and so like none of this can be made official anyway, and apparently they're also floating out interest there that they're interested in Vrabel and a couple other candidates. Um, you know, there's like quotes out there that this is going to be the most extensive head coaching search in NFL history or something. So, um, so it seems weird for the Falcons. Uh, yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. If it's like, not like a roster that you just plug a coach in and it's a Super Bowl contender, right? No, it sure doesn't seem like it. And, and, and I want to get into that about like the fit and everything like that anyway, but but just just on its merits, right? Because you because you talk about like, can I work with you too, right? And it's so the second meeting, you know, in the Caribbean or wherever it was, 
you know, had the general manager, was it uh, uh, Dimitrov or something, is still the general manager in Atlanta or something like that? I, so, I the, couldn't tell you. So basically, you know, Blank brought a few a uh, few more of the big wigs along. And so, it, so it's, it's seeing if he can work with them, sure. But it's also, to me, part of the interview process would be, can he work with, you know, quarterbacks, with offensive players, with with young players, right? All of that. Terry uh, Fontenot? Uh, or, or, yeah, yeah, Fontenot, yeah. Who was Dimitrov? I don't know. I, yeah, I was making stuff up. Sorry. Um, but, yeah, let's just lead off with that, though. Like, just based on Belichick's resume, though, like, what kind of – what kind of resume, you know, or questions do you off of his qualifications do you come up with? Like to me, it's like, it's like, uh, yeah, uh, President Clinton, you know, do you think you're qualified to run this town zoning board? Like what? You know, like, I don't know. If there's a list that comes so, out, maybe it's not. Uh, Tom Hanks, what makes you think you're ready to to run the middle school play? You know, <laughs> what makes you think you're ready to be the director? Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, Miss Sotomayor, do do you really think that you can handle Model UN or this junior college, you know, uh, you know, <laughs> criminal justice class. Like that's that's what that's what interviewing Bill Belichick for head coaching job sounds like to me. But you know, again, that's just based on the merits of his resume. Now that being said, as funny as it is, and especially as funny as it is that it's the Falcons, and there's obviously the memes are all out there about like, oh, can you tell us about a time that you overcame adversity? Like twenty eight three. That's a great meme. It's that's- a good meme. It's very good. Um, but that being said, and I think you're going to push back on me on this one, because I, I, I will get into I think the Eagles need a head coaching change too, and I don't think I'd want Belichick at this stage. And I, I just, I mean, I just Loser sang talk. his praises. I just sang his praises Loser talk. with you for an hour last last week, right? And – and really saying his praises all, you know, over the course of his career. I am a Belichick defender. I am not, uh, this was all Brady. None of that. I I am just in the camp that Bill Belichick is 72 years old. He has not adapted like some of the other, like even Pete Carroll, who is out in Seattle. He has not adapted to the times. He, as much as I think he is a master, or at least was a master psychologist, again, I gave him credit I say Jimmy Garoppolo was the best draft pick he ever made because of what it did to Brady, right? I think he was a master psychologist. I give him credit for that pick. That being said, he's not the same guy anymore. And I don't think the I don't think the fire's there anymore. I don't think he believes in I don't think he buys into the no days off thing anymore, not for himself, maybe not even for his players anymore. Um I just That's didn't blasphemous. I just did not dude, I don't know how you say it's blasphemous. Like, do you would you really want him to be the coach of the Patriots next year? And that's yes. not and that's not that's not a totally fair question because it's not it's not saying, but but you but your answer is yes. So because the thing is sometimes the message just gets stale. So if your answer was you didn't want Belichick to be the coach, maybe it's just because the message got stale, right? But you're saying you still want Belichick to be the head coach after a four and thirteen season and. Absolutely no, yeah, not, I I not even not even a modicum of hope on offense. Yeah, no, the offense was bad. Um, it's it's not just bad, dude. The offense was Bill, Bill historically already, bad. So Bill O'Brien's already gone. Doesn't matter. Obviously, Bill Belichick isn't going to be with the Patriots. Bill O'Brien's gone. So uh, you know, new offensive voice in the in the locker room. Do you see he's going to uh, Ohio State? 
It's a pretty interesting move. Bill O'Brien is? Yeah, he's got OC at Ohio State. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, he had the success at Bama. He was a really good coach at Penn State, which got him the Texans job. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he was a head coach at Penn State. But he's just, he's bounced all around. Uh, back to Belichick, yeah, I, I would still want him. I think what I said, I think I said it on the pod, is I would want him as my coach, and I'd want him to relinquish GM duties because uh, we went through it last episode, and um, I think uh, his misses have been highlighted more than other people's misses when it comes to like, like uh, you know, there's misses across the league, but his have been amplified. I would no, say. dude. The the more the longer you're on top, the more the more your your misses get magnified. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I and and we. But look, I mean, with that said, the the last few draft classes have been pretty poor. For the most part, but I mean, we, we looked at this draft class and said, yeah, this there might have been a couple. I mean, Christian Gonzalez could yeah. be a hit. Yeah, I mean, it he seems playing, like he was, he a was hit. playing really well until he got hurt. For um, sure. no, but okay, so. You know, why can he can't just be a defensive coordinator? Because if you ask me, do I want him as my defensive coordinator? I'll take him there. Yeah, but that, mean, how can you but, not? A top ten defense with your with sure. your all pro get going out like what week five? You, you, or you lose Gonzalez, Judon, sure, yeah, absolutely. I think, I think if you give him, you know, even a little bit of talent, because I I think that that defense was even like you know, a little bit short on talent, right? Oh um, yeah, after the injuries, well, yeah, once they were depleted. But again, say. that's but again, part of that is yeah. B- Bill finding guys that fit in his system. So we shouldn't go do, too far down the rabbit hole because we already did it. But my point being, I'd take him as a defensive coordinator if he was willing to do it. But th- that's not a graceful exit for the last for the greatest head coach in NFL history. Which I absolutely, so, I would much rather just see him walk away right now. No, I think he still has he has some left in him and. Uh, I mean, it's obviously not going to be for like many years. And if it's if you're in a situation where it's this young quarterback and you're looking to rebuild, dude, how long a, do you think he can coach? I mean, well, like, that's what I, that's what I'm getting to. Like, he has, I would say, maybe five years left in him. I think he dude. could do that. And nobody, there's not even precedent for that. Like, is it, what was it, Marv Levy, Don Shula? Like, I think those are the guys that went the longest, right? And I think, I mean. I mean, like, who was the oldest head coach? I don't even know. But, like, he's approaching that. And, yes, you know, medical science isn't the same thing. But, it, you know, I don't know, man. I, I don't see it. And, and honestly, I hate it. Let's say he takes the job with Romeo the Falcons. Cornell, yeah, 73. There you go. And a half. So, one more year. He has, he has at least two more years in him. At least. Okay. Um, and two more years of probably 7 and 10 football with the Falcons. Like, dude, he doesn't have a quarterback. He's probably like, I mean, we don't know that he's not going to get a quarterback. We don't know that. But like, I just don't know how for you me, pass up on Bill Belichick for even for two years, unless you're in a situation where you're rebuilding. Because if you think like you know, Bill Belichick, because I would rather, I would rather cut a guy loose a year too early than a year too late. So if you think like Belichick, then yeah, if I'm the Eagles, I don't want to sign after, Belichick as a head coach this after year. After everything he showed you especially defensively this year. Yes, offense. Like, if you have a great offensive mind in place, this is where we differ. You don't think... You think he wants too much control over offense and everything. I don't... I think this is a wake-up call where he doesn't necessarily... He he goes out in the open market and he's like, okay, maybe maybe I need to loosen up just a little bit. And I, I, you know, I make my bread on the defensive side of the ball. Still a very fantastic defensive mind. As I mean, the Patriots had no business being a top ten defense this year. As after the injuries, 
even really before the injuries, probably like maybe top 10, like teetering on. But I mean, he's still got production. Yes, they went four and 13, but a lot of those games were close losses. It's not like they were getting blown out every week either. I know that's loser talk, but it's also true. Um, I don't know, man. I say if you, I mean, who if else? An owner- are, so who else are you? Who else are you going after for the? You want success for the next two years? What do you mean, Vrabel, Harbaugh? Um, you know, I'm I'm not gonna say um, USC. Uh, Jesus, that's how bad he is. I don't even remember Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley. I'm not gonna. No, not Lincoln Riley. But what are you saying? Lincoln Riley be his offensive coordinator? Actually, was it Kingsbury? Did Kingsbury get hired in Chicago? That was I saw that was a rumor. I don't know if it if it actually I'm to be sure. the offensive coordinator in Chicago. I thought, and then, I, I thought I heard he turned it down, but I I, I haven't been privy to this. So let me see. Because that would I, like that's another rabbit hole. Kingsbury and Caleb Williams being reunited in Chicago, but so to stick to the Belichick topic, expected to interview for Bears OC job. Yeah, yeah there you go. So, um, to stick to stick with the Belichick thing. Let's say he ends up taking the Falcons job with Desmond Ritter at quarterback and then a rookie who he, a rookie who he doesn't rookies he does not have a good track record with, right? So I mean, unless you're going to unless you're going to tell you're going to make Belichick as head coach swallow some young hotshot, you know, offensive coordinator, you know, cuz that worked out so well with Saban and Lane Kiffin, right? <laughs> like I mean, if, if if those two guys are comparable, if if Saban and, and Belichick really are comparable minds, comparable in terms of their stature within the game and everything like that, right? So you're gonna bring if you're gonna bring in a Lincoln Riley or whatever offensive hotshot, um, you know. I mean, Josh McDaniels was a young-minded offensive hotshot when he first came in, and I think that worked out pretty well. Yeah, but he was obviously like a weak-minded, ready-to-follow kind of person. That's that's why that's why he came back to New England. If you're telling me he's like, he's like, I don't really want to be the head coach. <laughs> I'd rather stay under Bill. Also, if you're telling me one of these uh, offensive, you know, hotshot young, you know, studs going to be a head coach, Bill Belichick's the exact guy I want to coach under. You know, he's not going to be around long. So if you do well, your offense produces, the team does well, you have a shoe in for the next head coaching job right there. Maybe unless unless you have two bad seasons under Belichick and then they clean house. So. Yeah, and you're still what at that point forty now, right? And and you still got your whole coaching career ahead of you. And you can say that you coached under Belichick, even if it doesn't go well, it's still it's still something that people want to hear. I don't know, man. The long, being I, around being around the the guy that's gonna break if he does coach for two more years, gonna be the all time winningest coach. Like you don't think other NFL franchises would want somebody that's been around that. I sure hope that, I sure hope that's not why he's sticking around and I'm telling you, man. I think that I think two more years of Belichick coaching in the NFL will hurt his legacy, not help it. And that, not in my eyes, because I'll because I'll remember Belichick as he was. But I, but in terms of the big picture for everybody else, I think people will see Belichick more poorly after two more years coaching. Very well, could be. And I, that's um, while I'm sad to see him go, I'm, I am kind of glad that uh, the later years of like Belichick in New England won't really be remembered. It wasn't like a like he held on too long thing. Uh, Kraft or Belichick um, because like yeah like this year was bad but the other years weren't great they weren't what New England had expected like you know post Tom Brady but they were still like vying for like a playoff spot it wasn't bottom of the league type of thing it was it wasn't that for multiple years which was 
good for his legacy and, and for people people in New England to remember him. Uh last thing on this. I'm just I'm hoping he's actually leveraging for the Chargers job. I because I, Atlanta it, seems weird to me too. I don't I don't love Atlanta. I don't. And and it, so the thing about Belichick, right? And you know, I guess he's evolved a little bit over time, you know, like you know, he made a few more jokes towards the end and everything like that, but again, probably with knowing the end was in sight too, right? And not and I mean, when's the last time Belichick wasn't competing for a playoff spot late in the season? Even even though even when they finished seven and ten, they had a shot, so he was yeah, still no, in playoffs. Like my whole life, that, yeah, so that, this was the first, the first year where like the last few games just didn't matter at all. And yeah. plus, the last few he probably already knew he was out. So, um, so Belichick never shows his cards. Is my point. So isn't this kind of weird to know this much about what could be going on? So I almost feel like he could be using the Falcons as well, leverage for a better deal deal from the Chargers. On the on that same, you know, on that point though, it's not totally in his control. It's not it's not his house. He can't control the message. He's a free no, he's a free but, agent right now, and it's it's half about him, but it's half about the team that's pursuing him too and and they're free to right but you see that stuff a, a source close to belichick says that he's 50 50 on the deal and everything and and belichick has leaked stuff out through like lombardi and all that right stuff. but right um like why would he do that unless eh, maybe there's another player in there right so and he'd be smart to play the field anyway but it's like i guess i'm holding out hope because i would have more hope for belichick to have success in san diego than in atlanta la like, yeah whatever it's <laughs> It doesn't matter. Two California beach towns. Neither pick it, your choice. I, I, you know, honestly, it does matter because L.A. sucks and San Diego's awesome. So, I, yeah, it's stupid. And move. just like, uh, just try to like envision Bill Belichick in Atlanta. I just can't. I can't coaching really, at a dome, dude. Like, I can't honestly. I I can't envision him in a in a warm weather place. Period. So like, right, it's, it's like, not yeah, like, like a dome. And, it's not like L.A. works either. No, he like Belichick is a Buffalo, New York. Green Bay, Green Bay, Detroit, but they play. Uh, yeah, indoors. not Detroit, not Detroit, but uh, you know, Seattle. No, he is, he is maybe Detroit. Seattle. He is Detroit, though. Oh, sure, sure, but uh, but uh, but he's not like you know. You can't picture him on that sideline, though. You know, no, like, I can. I, I think Dan Campbell is just skewing your image of the Detroit Lions because, be, eh, maybe I don't know. I'm just saying, I, I think he should be like a cold weather place yeah. where it's miserable. Yeah, that kind of fan base. Denver, know. Denver would be a good spot for him. Um, yeah, yeah, it was, Kansas yeah, City, Kansas City, yeah, Kansas City works, I guess. Um, there's, there's plenty, there's plenty. Um, Chicago, duh. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> Chicago's probably <laughs> the most no, Belichick. That was an yeah. omission of ours. <laughs> yeah, um, but anyway, okay. So another weird, you know, this one raised eyebrows, and I actually give Jerry Jones a little bit of credit, but he said Mike McCarthy's still the guy uh, in Dallas. And after what happened and after the expectations this year, I'm, I'm kind of impressed with the restraint from Jerry Jones, a guy that, you know, basically became the Hal Steinbrenner of, uh, or excuse me, George Steinbrenner of football and showing some restraint and sticking with Mike McCarthy. Yeah. Three, 12 win seasons in a row. But like, honestly, again, like uh, th this is a name that I think you'll barely remember, but it was, you know, Antonio Gates and LT days, you know, Marty Schottenheimer. And he kept making the playoffs. Chargers were nasty. 11-12 yeah. win team every year. Could never get over the hump. Um, one year, it was literally 
inter, you know, interception seals the game. Troy Brown rips it out of the guy's hands and <laughs> recovers the fumble. Was that the Patriots year that win? Philip like, Rivers played on a torn ACL? Maybe. What a badass move that is. Um, yeah, like that was the year that like the Chargers were better than the Patriots and they just yeah. didn't pull it off. But um, because they weren't better, it turns out. But you know what I mean? Like they were just so much more talented and it, it still didn't work out. I don't remember what year that was, honestly. Or, or if it, it was even divisional or AFC championship game. But um, so, yeah, back to so McCarthy kind of th- that's what this situation reminds me of. And it's interesting that Jerry Jones is sticking with him after what are we talking about? One one playoff win in three years now from the Cowboys uh, after these great seasons. And the funny thing is, is like, you know, people criticize Jerry Jones, the GM. Right. And I was just looking at it like he's had good drafts. Like the Cowboys are actually drafting pretty well when you look at it. I got a completely different take. I think Jerry Jones is just a sellout. I think he only cares about ticket prices and making money at the end of the day. I really don't think oh, he cares I think about so winning too. anymore. No, I, I, and he's he's content with. Uh, oh, I see what the you, hype. And he doesn't give a shit about winning. No, no, saying. I don't. I really don't think he does hmm. anymore. Um, I think he got he got really old, and he just he he likes to see the money come in. He likes the Cowboys being talked about and this is almost the perfect situation for them the the hype kind of like grows higher and higher every year the expectations are like the storyline is just continued it's just oh like the Cowboys are so good in the regular season and they've got to figure it out in the playoffs eventually right and it's just it's the same story year year and year and they just they shit the bed every time. Like I, I like, and just an old man doesn't like, care if they win. It's just like right. I mean, like they were. Yeah, but I don't see. I don't home. get that. I don't get that though because I feel like an old man would be more like, "What's my legacy?" And if his legacy is that he just had a, he's a billionaire. That's his legacy at the end of the day. I mean, or does he just not give a shit about his legacy? And he's just like, no, yeah, Jerry Jones cares about his legacy. Come on now. So his legacy. So the only thing he cares about is that he's a billionaire that like I mean, had, he, had the money to blow on. I mean, he won hookers early. and blow every yeah, day. Yeah, he won early and now he's he's riding off into the sunset and just collecting a check in jerry's world jerry's world is i mean i'm, on, en- I'm entertaining on, the, the theory the stadium's I, called uh, jerry's world do you think he doesn't care about his legacy uh, well no but i mean uh, does he not care if winning is part of his legacy because that's absolutely not he cares I, about the headlines every week he wants to be talked about i i really i'm i'm entertaining the theory dude i'm just like i'm i'm trying to uh but i am trying to argue it because i just like Whatever. I'm not a Jerry Jones defender. I'm not. I'm not a fan. He's one of the. Because here's the other thing. He's obviously one of the most influential owners, and so he's behind these rule changes too. So, I mean, is it really just about money? Is it really just about being the richest guy in the world? Like, I think with Jerry Jones, it is. I really do. I mean, maybe. I mean, we talk about people like that being so out of touch with normal people. So maybe. Maybe his brain is just in a place that I can't even relate to, where it's just like it's just about how much money you can make. He uh, loves being talked about. I mean, there's no arguing that. He does press conferences after the games. Name an owner slash GM. Well, I guess Belichick does because he's he was a coach slash GM, but he didn't do it as a GM, right? That's talking to the media after a game. In any sport. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. I mean, just again, I since I did the research, I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna give you the take, like you know, basically his last five years. This draft actually wasn't very good. Uh, Deuce Vaughn was kind of a fan favorite because he's tiny and playing at running back. And his dad's on the. Um, and his dad was staff. the running back coach. Yeah. 
Um, that, oh, sorry. So, so it tugged at the heartstrings, you know, yeah. you, do you want to come to work for me? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, so that was cool. But um, obviously it wasn't an impact player, at least this year. Um, I wanted Mozzie Smith to be an impact player because <laughs> he said, I don't even like football. I just like hurting people. Uh, so oh, I was, yeah, I was like, yeah, that guy. Okay, I, was yeah, like, I think yeah. I'm going to like this guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Michigan. So uh, so Parker doesn't like him. And Parker would be the first to pick uh, to point out he only had one sack. So um, but. The year before, um, Tyler Smith is, you know, he's a starting offensive lineman for them in the first round. Uh, Jalen Tolbert, you know, has, has made plays mm-hmm. at wide receiver. Jake Ferguson at tight end in the fourth round. Deron Bland in the fifth round, which I'm sure people, you know, there's plenty of criticism for Bland, and you don't get nine picks unless people are throwing at you and picking on you, but part of it's because he takes risks, which we talked about in a, maybe our very first podcast. That's kind of the way to play DB these days, right? Maybe not so much after the way this season played. Maybe sound defense. It's not a guy you want in the playoffs, I don't think. But uh, yeah, we, we've had this debate before. But yeah, it it, it works. It, if you no, pick your it, spots, it, it, it can be effective. In, in 2023, you know, I think, or the 2022 to 23 season, especially, I think taking risks made more sense. Now I think things have worked leveled back, off leveled bit. off, found their way back to the center and fundamentals and playing sound defense works excuse me works again so um sorry going back to 2021 um that was the Michael Parsons draft Oso Odigizuo was you know he's a uh he's a solid defensive lineman um yeah I think it, yeah Kelvin Joseph a defensive back so uh Jabril Cox might not be on the team anymore uh or am I mixing him up with the uh, Notre Dame linebacker Cox might still be on the team but I don't think he's playing a lot either way and then you go back to 2020, CeeDee Lamb, Trayvon Diggs, Neville Gallimore, who played quite a bit, um, and Tyler Biotish, all on that. And then Ben DiNucci, for what it's worth, in the seventh round. Cox is on the commanders, but yeah. Okay. Um, but still an NFL player. Yep. Um, you go back to, uh, yeah, uh, then 2019, Connor McGovern, Tony Pollard, third and fourth round, both are serviceable. Um, well, McGovern was, you know, a solid guard, um, and, and Pollard is in the wrong role now uh, being like the bell cow back, but he was great when he had a, yeah, when he, he had a running mate. Yeah. He was, he was great to, to get touch it 12 times. He was very efficient. Talk about the devalue, like devaluing running backs bit a lot of teams in the ass this year, both in the NFC for one. Right. Mm. Um, but anyway, so I, I won't go any, basically the point is, is like as a GM, he, he's actually drafting fairly well. He's hitting on his draft picks, which is pretty uh, amazing. Cause like, you shouldn't be a GM. Well, well uh, I ain't played at Arkansas in the 1960s. So I mean, like, like, did, did he even get any playing? I don't even know. I didn't even know uh, that until I heard I'm it like two weeks ago. I'm I didn't even. Yeah, I'm sure he tells people he did, whether he did or not. I don't know. <laughs> if only there were a record of such things. Maybe, yeah, 1960s Arkansas. Maybe not. I mean, how many people could even read back then? All right. Um. What the hell were we talking about? Mike McCarthy, right? Mike McCarthy. So, Mike McCarthy, I'm not a McCarthy guy. I feel like he makes a lot of bad decisions in game. I, th- I think his game management is terrible. His X's and O's might be solid, but you need a game manager once you get to the big games, right? So it's like, is he ever going to get over the hump? And we're talking about a guy who won a Super Bowl, yes, but with a hungry Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. Not not current Aaron Rodgers. Well, maybe Aaron Rodgers is hungry again, but you know, Aaron Rodgers towards the end in Green Bay, probably the last eight years in Green Bay, he wasn't hungry anymore, right? But when he won a Super Bowl, that Aaron Rodgers was a stud. 
Um, I think I think late Aaron Rodgers was was hungry in Green Bay. Oh, I think I I feel like it's the well he was getting obliterated in the media, and I think he like I mean he won back to back MVPs right COVID year. Um, I think he had something to prove. That man, that loss to Brady in the NFC Championship game will always stick with me though. Like, also, by the way, uh, guess we have to put a little bit of respect on Jerry Jones's name. He was co-captain of Arkansas's 1964 national champion football team. What position did he play? Was he wasn't the quarterback, was he? He was an offensive lineman for college football. No way. Coach Frank Broyles and a teammate of Wait, what? There's no way. Am I Am I about to hate Jerry Jones less? No, he wasn't. He was 6 feet 195. There's no way he was a lineman. Yeah, but it was 1960 four or whatever or lineman less than 200 pounds in 1964 is that enough to get you a national championship <laughs> i don't know dude. 19 well we're dude, gonna have to go down a deep dive yeah i, I need to know more about jerry jones we'll, we'll have a special now. episode one of these one of these days on jerry jones's playing <laughs> career anyway um thanks thanks for looking that up now now it's <laughs> now, now, I can, now I can't think You're about anything else sleep, yeah sleep tonight yeah I, i'm definitely gonna have to look it up and go down a rabbit hole um Whatever he's he's still an asshole. <laughs> so, um, so he just, was an offensive line, <laughs> dude. That's wild. That's wild. I don't. I don't even know. I don't even know what to make of that right now. He's he's part of my brotherhood. He's part. He's part of my fraternity. Oh that, my god. Weird. Um. All right. So McCarthy. Mike McCarthy. Yeah, McCarthy. It looks like an offensive lineman. He looks. Yeah. Um. I know. I wonder if that's like if you like just prejudge him because he looks kind of sloppy too. You know, like like maybe he's actually like a really meticulous guy, but he's just you know just not when it comes to his diet. Like now I'm fat shaming. Great, good job. Um, I led you to that. You know, <laughs> yeah, you know who I think has it together? That Matt Lafleur. Uh, he's a good looking dude. What? What? Who said that? Uh, anyway, guy's a stud. <laughs> My wife has a crush on him. She admitted it. So it's you know it's whatever. Um, Okay, um, so I'm just I'm I've just never been a McCarthy guy. I it, you know, and the point is is yeah he he has a ring, but he did it. Well, shit, he was uh, Mike Holmgren's successor in Green Bay, wasn't he? I think so. Yeah, and so like I feel like was a lot of it what Holmgren built because I don't really give Barry Switzer credit for winning the Super Bowl in Dallas after Jimmy Johnson either. You know, um, just because everything fell apart right after that and that's kind of what happened McCarthy right. always had the Packers competitive but it's kind of the Packers and the Steelers are organizations that I feel like are always going to be competitive because they have that organizational continuity and you probably could have plugged anyone that didn't totally suck in at head coach and I'm not saying Mike McCarthy totally sucks I'm saying he is a guy that's just not going to get you over the hump at this especially at this stage in his career uh okay so sherman uh was four and 12 in 2005 and then uh he got fired and then mccarthy oh yeah sherman yeah yeah yeah. so so he picked up the pieces so it wasn't it wasn't kind of built for him i would say hmm. um I don't know. Again, maybe it's just at this stage. I mean, what have we seen from Mike McCarthy for years now, right? Yeah, I mean, the the man got the job saying that he took a year off and watched every snap of every game, and then once he got the job, he was like, nah, I didn't do that. (laughs) (laughs) So, I don't know. The McCarthy one's weird. It's definitely, 
you you have an interesting take where it's just like maybe Jerry just actually doesn't give a shit anymore, and he gave up on that George Steinbrenner image where it was just like like results like you're fired you're fired get out of here new guy whatever because even with Jason Garrett I mean he he held on to Jason Garrett for a, a little while Jerry Jones doesn't like to be and wrong I, I think that's his problem right he doesn't like to be he holds on to draft picks like the players that he drafts uh, like. Is Dak, like Dak had a good year, but is Dak going to win you a Super Bowl? Like, is it time? I mean, that's a totally different conversation, but. I mean, well, and, and it should be part of this conversation, right? Because it's really, I mean, it's Dak through two pick sixes. Yeah, he looked terrible. And, and again, guy with MVP consideration. Right. I mean, I think, I think like, you know, with the Vegas odds we looked up, he th- was number two, wasn't he? Or, I think he was a favorite at one point in the season. And he was a favorite at one point, yeah, until Lamar's five touchdown. Right, you know, right Like right. you said, recency bias and all that stuff. But Dak was totally in the running. Yeah. And then, yeah, so let's let's not just say that it's McCarthy that's crapped out in the playoffs because it's been Dak every time too, right? It so, has been. Um, I, don't, I don't know. And that is a different conversation. And it's a lot harder to deal with his money um as opposed to McCarthy's right. money, right? So um I don't know. The Broncos the, the Broncos obviously were in a different so actually aren't they like the longest playoff drought at this point? Uh, or one of. So um the Broncos are one of the longest playoff droughts in the NFL at this point. So just crazy because it's not that long ago that Peyton Manning was No, there. you were exactly it doesn't feel like that long ago, but um so interesting situation with the Cowboys and then sticking it in the NFC East, but a very different situation is just that late season swoon by the Eagles where like I haven't seen a collapse like that in a long time in football. Bad. <laughs> um and it and I don't want to like overreact and I don't want to make it sound like I'm overreacting to fire Sirianni, but I think you can vouch for me on this that I've said basically all year I don't like him. No, you have. And yeah. And I don't think he's mature enough. And so, like, the thing is, is, like, if he goes into Jeffrey Lurie's office or or uh, Roseman's office and is like, I fucked this up, I fucked this up, I fucked that up, here's the plan, you know, th- all these things that we're not going to be privy to, right? Like, maybe there's – but he needs to sell that he deserves this job. And he needs to show that he's matured and grown and learned. Otherwise – because they even one of the, like they say he's a CEO head coach right like because he's not calling the plays, so he's supposed to be guy like he's supposed to pick the coordinators, develop the coordinators, and how do you how he's do you make the case that guy. You, he's a big vibes guy and the vibes were very very much off towards the tail end of the season. I mean, I like just other friends texting me and everything like you know people that I know know football is like yeah there's something something off in that locker room and that's and that's what I said there's something off with this team something doesn't feel right. I basically started saying it after they lost to the Jets. I yeah, was like, you were early on it. You were early on it. After that loss to the Jets, it was like, what is going on with this team? Why aren't they running the fucking ball? Because it's, it happened in that Jets game. They were It was a one-possession game the whole way. What was that, like week five, week six? Yeah, it was early. And it was a one-possession game the whole way. <laughs> and they refused to run the ball, even though you're the Eagles with that offensive line. Which, by the way, that's a big part of this for me, is... Is Nick Sirianni really the guy you want to start over with? Because the Eagles are headed for a rebuild. And even if if one or two of those old guys decide to stick around, Graham, Cox, Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey, um, I'm sure I'm – I mean, Julio Jones, if you want to throw him in there. (laughs) 
Um, well, if he had their only the ghost of Julio Jones. Yeah, I mean, he, he didn't he have two touchdowns in that last game against the Giants. He did. Um, he did. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to talk about um, that game against the Giants? Yeah, I mean. <laughs> no, like, dude. I don't want any of the last like seven games to be used as an example of what I want from the Eagles. But um, no, and I mean, and it, we'll talk about Jason Kelsey in a second. But just like you know, for all the pieces that they're going to lose at this point, just like with Dak. It's time to evaluate is Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts can only play in a certain offense. And I've this is another thing I've said all year. Like, help out your fucking quarterback because there are very few quarterbacks that can win if you don't help them out with a running game, with screen game, with things like that. Like, like look at look how successful Jared Goff is when you give him simple throws and then, hey, when you know, when they're not expecting the pass, you know, like throw on first down, throw throw for a first down to win the game when they think you're going to run yeah, like break yeah. your tendencies a little bit yeah you know what i mean like but like yeah josh allen sometimes when he's on can do that you know without a running game but i've, I've argued all the time and this is one of the few times i'm like yeah tony tony romo you're right because he's been saying all year the same thing as me he's like like wow they gave him a running game and look what happens right i mean you give patrick mahomes a running game look what happens when he doesn't have the weapons he's used to even though i think that's starting to kind of come back you know like he, he's yeah. starting to he's starting to develop weapons there too but there aren't a lot of quarterbacks that can do without a running game burrow allen mahomes um not even really lamar jackson because he needs that he either needs to create it for himself which you don't want him doing too much right and and also well i wouldn't say the i mean the ravens have had a decent running game no this they, year, they do they do but it's yeah yeah it, i mean that's more of a conversation about the running back position it's it's been a committee it's not like they have a guy they don't have a a james cook or they have a dalvin cook now um <laughs> they don't have a pacheco they don't have a, a guy like that but they split it up between gus edwards and and uh i'm blanking on the other guy's name right now but the, the point is that's that was uh that's a theme that's probably never going away on this show give your fucking quarterback a running game no matter how good he is because even if it is mahomes or allen you do better when you give him a running game so um, but that's a good segue, actually, since I mentioned Lamar. And this is an interesting matchup that I'm really looking forward to watching in the Texans at the Ravens. After what the Texans did to the Browns, that Browns defense that has been so good all year, and Stroud taking care of the ball. He only had to throw 21 passes last week. It was 16 to 21, had three touchdown passes. He looked good. Granted, um, 76 of those yards came on a, a big screen a play. Fluke to, play, yeah. But, I, mean, you know, they just, I wouldn't call it a fluke, you know, a screen, but, you know, but it's, um, you know, but it, he didn't earn all 76 of those yards or anything. Um, but Brevin Jordan did. And uh, so I, I got to say, man, you know, I kind of wish I had jumped on it when it was still plus 10 for the Texans on the money line. Uh, not uh, excuse me, uh, you know, on the, spread, yeah, on the, yeah. on the spread and plus, and I, the money line must've been up, you know, three seventy five or something, but now it's plus three thirty on the money line. When I see that in the NFL playoffs, it's kind of hard to stay away from it, you know? Um, and so I think I, I, or actually I already have bet the Texans. Um, I just think, I just think you, you, you take Lamar out for three weeks of football. He started slow this regular season. He's got a track record of if you give him time off, he kind of loses rhythm, right? Um, tech, you know, for what it's worth, again, we just talked, you know, Lamar creates his own running game, but on designed run plays, 
this was a crazy stat that I texted to you during the game. The Texans went from number 30 in the NFL against design run plays to number two in the NFL in one year under Demeco Ryan's. That's that's crazy. Yeah, that's that's insane growth. But like you said, it's um, designed run plays, and uh, most of Lamar's rushing is is non designed at this. It's point. not it's non designed, and, and some of them come on passing plays, sure. But again, the running that, game the running game makes translates. all of that more. Yeah, yeah it yeah. makes it more effective. I mean, it's it's again we saw Russell Wilson was good when he had a running game with you know even even in the improvisation he was better. He could get outside the pocket. He could. He could use his mobility more because of a strong running game that they had to respect, yeah. right? Do you think we we get fooled a little bit every playoffs? I think I do. Um, when we see a team win, I guess that's not an upset technically because the Texans had the home. They were the four seed. And they're hot, and they're coming off a good win. And then you have a one seed that's on a bye. Now, the Ravens, it's a little bit different because they rested their players week 18, so it's essentially a two-week bye. Um, and like you said, the history isn't great. Do you think we get fooled a little bit though? Like, oh, this team is hot coming in, and and this team hasn't hasn't been playing. So, advantage advantage Texans versus the Ravens. No, I think we do sometimes, but like I don't think like if I look at again, I look at the line. I don't think the line is. Uh, I think the line unreasonable in any way. Yeah, and and again, like that when I again when I see anything over three hundred on the money line yeah. in the playoffs, no, it's I like how you. do I not take it? I got and, you. And I get what you're saying. I mean. We, People are prisoners to recency bias, and I'm not even telling you I think the Texans are going to win. I'm saying the I love. Values there. I'm yeah. saying I love that value on the Texans to win, and I think the chances are really good because the line is uh, basically right there for the Packers and 49ers, and I'm not. I'm not betting the Packers. Right, like Packers. Yeah. Packers to cover we, maybe. We but. both. Yeah, we both are much more confident in the Ravens, which is funny because the Ravens clobber the Niners too, right? Um, and we're, we're much more confident on the Texans beating the Ravens than we are on Packers versus uh, Niners. I think this, I think especially two week by, I, I really think that week 18, I think they shouldn't even have said anything. I think, I think they should have said, Nope, Lamar prepare like it's a normal week and then just pull them after a series or two. And you know yeah, what I mean? I mean, you can always get hurt though. I mean, the Lions flirted with losing Laporta for the playoffs. That looked bad. Um, week 18 with the knee injury he came back. I mean, he ended up playing last week, but it, that looked well, bad. yeah, but the Lions had something to play for, whereas not, not really. Yeah, they did. They could have gotten the two seed yeah, if, the, they, if the Cowboys lost the Cowboys and the Eagles. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's well, we, I mean, two, everybody, everybody knew the Eagles were going to lose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Except for Vegas. Right. I mean, it was like a Ford that got a 12 point spread or something. Was I it think. really? I think it was double digits. Yeah. Jesus. And I know the, the Cowboys were like 14 and a half, I think. Um, no, I, I get what you're saying, but the, but I don't know. That's not really Dan Campbell's style either. He's, he's no, going to say, I got no, you. we're, that, we're that going to get that two And even after Laporta, they, they kept they kept playing. Now the, the It's cool they ended up with a second home playoff no, game it is, in, in the end of yeah. it. Yeah, uh, yeah, because they obviously got screwed in that in that Dallas game, but we don't need to go down that rabbit hole again. And I'm not saying, so like in that week 18 situation, I'm not saying play your starters that whole game, especially Lamar. I'm saying, I'm saying it has more to do with the mindset during the week. I get what you're saying. Lamar's saying all the right things in the media. I believe him. Um, and I dude, and, and I think there's something to be said about it's a different offensive like scheme, right? It's there is. I, I think that's enough of a separation from years prior where they can go in and they don't have to have these demons from years prior from Lamar being one and three in the playoffs. I think he's actually looking at it as a fresh slate. And I think that'll do the Ravens a lot of good this week. I mean, 
I can appreciate what you're saying, and I can appreciate that he's older and hopefully more mature now, and maybe even a dickhead like Odell Beckham's experience comes in a little bit here. Um, as yeah, much I mean, he's got Super Bowl experience. He's got, I mean, he was going to be used on the road to being Super Bowl MVP yeah, before he, he blew his ACL. Right. Um, so as much as I hate him, maybe that added experience helps on the, in that Ravens wide receiver core. Um, so I'm not ruling it out at all. And like I said, I'm not expecting the Texans to win, but I'm actually, I'm basically putting this one on a coin flip. Um, that's where I'm at with it. So I feel like with that line, I got to take the Texans, right? No, I respect it. Um, and, but to your point though, about it being a new scheme, this one actually requires more timing and rhythm with the passing game. This is why this is part of the reason that playoff football you need your running game because you can lean on your offensive line and your running game and your defense anytime. Those things travel, right? And the Ravens' offense doesn't need to travel, but it has been resting for two weeks, and so you lose some of that timing, some of that rhythm that he's gained. Um, like I said, I just I, th- I think it actually evens the playing field a little bit for the Texans. Texans don't seem to mind that underdog role. And man, if there was ever a rookie quarterback has to make it to the Super Bowl one of these times, right? And if you, I mean, can you think of a better candidate than CJ Stroud right now? Yeah, with a rookie head coach too, dude. No, I I, mean, like for me, that is just an iconic play. That like with the with the playoff spot on the line, he stands in there and gets fucking whacked by somebody from the Colts for that seventy five yard touchdown pass. Is like, like, dude, that is not rookie shit. No, yeah, he hasn't been a rookie all year. He really nah, hasn't, not at all. And, um, and he protects the ball. We know Lamar has a penchant to put it on the ground. Um, you know, he, he did better towards the end of the year. Um, I don't know, man. I just I think there's a lot of things that are going in favor of the te- so I, I just I feel pretty good about this bet, honestly. It's kind of that uh I forget who it was earlier in the year we previewed the Texans. Um the Texans don't turn it over and the team at the time that they were facing led the league in, in turnovers. The Bengals, I think. I think it was the Bengals. Um with the, Burrow, it was, they were playing the, against the Burrow, Ravens. Then. Lead the league in, in turnovers created now, so it's kind so, of that same same thing. Like, are they yeah. going to be able to get one or two? I think two would definitely be more than enough. I think I don't, I don't know if the Texans can win with one with yeah. one interception. Yeah, and we talked about that with the Ravens too. Is the the, the turnovers were a little bit? In, I don't want to say inflated. But in those big games against the Dolphins, the Ravens, right, they right. forced eight turnovers in those two games. And, and we said at the time, it was like, well, is that, will that keep up? Yeah. Because if it does, like, they're hands down going to win yeah, the Super Bowl. Yeah. But, yeah, book it. Can, but can you keep it up is, I guess, kind of the right. question, right? And, you know, to that point, defense is really, like, the defense got healthy too. And defense isn't as much about timing and rhythm and everything like that. So that's another thing to keep in mind. That defense is fresh. That defense is healthy now. Coming back. I mean, Roquan Smith, all those guys, you know, yeah, that, it's going to be cold in Baltimore, which um, I think fa- it's going to be cold and windy, which which favors. Well, as Parker would tell you, CJ can handle the cold. So or, or maybe he didn't play well in cold weather games. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, CJ didn't have too many bad games from what I remember. But um, fun. And just a little fun fact. We, I mentioned um, Lamar one and three. So Lamar and, and CJ have the same amount of playoff wins. Ooh, I'm citing words. All right, I like Lamar. I really do, dude. But I can't wait it's, for it's this just game. The truth. I, I, this is this is where Lamar changes his narrative. I, I really hope. Dude, so. I, I hope you're right because I think it's his turn. It, I've been saying it all year. I've been right to this point, so I, I just wanted. Yeah, to and I and I for the most part because if it if it if it fall if it fails now, the the 
MVP doesn't matter, right? Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. just it's the same old. It's the they're the Lamar is the Cowboys is is what it boils down. Yeah, to. I mean, to pretty much right. And uh, and I, and again, I want them to succeed. I like towards the end of the regular season, I was like, damn, you know, like I'm with you now. Right. And I and now I'm kind of falling back to that like like if he loses th- this one, like that narrative that I was believing in most of the regular season comes it back. Puts, right? It puts so much added pressure on him. It really does. Um. But I, I'm not rooting against him at all. I, I would like to be wrong on this one, honestly, because I, I would like a team like the Ravens. I mean, they're hard-nosed, good yeah. defense. It's still about running game, even though it's not completely conventional, you know? So I'm not rooting against the Ravens, except for my, you know, like, what, I'll win, like, 40 bucks <laughs> if the Texans <laughs> win. Whatever. Who gives a shit? Um, so onto the Bucks and Lions, and I really I want to kind of recap, you know, whatever. There's no reason to even talk about what happened against the Eagles. I think that was way more about how much the Eagles suck at this point than how good the Bucks were. Not taking anything. Baker played well. And he threw a freaking dime to Mike Evans that he dropped. It should have been worse. Yeah. Honestly. Like the the Mike Evans down. had a couple couple drops. Uncharacteristic. Um, I mean, one of them was a yeah, the, fifty yard bomb right down to the hands. five yard yeah. line. Yeah. Like so it should have been worse, honestly. The Eagles were atrocious and they can't tackle. But I think you just look at the Lions pass rush against the uh, the Rams. And, you know, the, the Bucks don't have a, a strong running game. And the, so that's going to that's gonna lend itself to Aiden Hutchinson just, just teeing off all night. He had two sacks against the Rams. Um, and, you know, and to that point, I will talk about the Rams, though, um, even though they lost. I gained a lot of respect. I've never gained more respect for, from a losing quarterback or for a losing quarterback than Matthew Stafford in that game. He took a fucking beating. He's a tough. And just, he's a tough guy. And, and I mean, and we should have known that anyway. What is that? There's like the longest NFL cl- films clip ever when he's with the Lions. Do you know the one I'm talking about? And he gets. I think it was against the Browns. It's one of it. It's probably second or third year in the league for him. Maybe his rookie year. I, I don't think know. I do. But I, and he gets have fucking. It's it. so it's he throws what would be the game tying, the game tying touchdown. And he gets fucking whacked, shoulder dislocated. Oh, yeah. I'm going back in. So, yeah, he comes off the field. There's a penalty on the extra point. So puts him down to the one or something like that. And I think they go for two and win it. And it's like a four-minute nonstop clip of Matthew Stafford like getting his shoulder popped back in, goes back into the game, throws, a, I think, the game-winning yeah, two-point conversion. Yeah, with the coach to go back in. Yeah, yeah. like he's a fucking madman. And, and, like, and what he went through in that game, and not to mention – uh, I don't know who it was in coverage. It was. It might have been Branch on Nakua, who was fucking outstanding in that game. He might be my new favorite wide receiver. It's, it's actually this game featured my two favorite wide receivers, him and St. Brown. Like I love those. Yeah, guys. Amon Ra's um, legit. Um, but Nakua was awesome in that game, and he, and he like you know it's bad if I'm or like listen to me if I'm saying it's pi in a in a game altering situation but yeah he, like he needed to jump but he tugged on his on his undershirt and kept him down <laughs> like and i mean and the is one of those guys that will go up and get it you right. know what i mean like he's a tough guy that'll take the hit so it was like and that's in one of those cases he didn't plead for that call at all that's one where like i no, know he, he just kind of looked around for a flag and was like well fuck okay like, yeah i'm a rookie i'm not gonna get that <laughs> But that would have been 200 yards, 10 ca- it would have been 10 catches and 200 yards in a playoff game if he comes down with that. That's yeah. insane. Yeah. Um, so I, I really hope that the future is started, as bright as it seems I think we to be started this podcast with like me saying like, 
Because remember the Matthew Stafford, like, I don't know the the <laughs> wife was saying, I don't know that. that was I was one like, of our I was like Puka Nakua, whoever you are, like, you're, you know, hang around and do the Cooper. I'm sure, I'm sure you didn't even pronounce it right at the time. Yeah, probably like, not. I was like, something called the, Puka Nakua or from something. BYU. I remember specifically calling out BYU. I was like, yeah, you're a BYU receiver. So, like, maybe do the Cooper Cup, you know, school of training and just get breakfast with him. And I think that's what he did. I think I, I think that's how like they kind of gained uh, some chemistry. That was something that uh, Collinsworth said during the game was like uh, Nakua would be coming into the into the meeting room and they'd just be talking about him like he's not even there. Yeah, like, uh, yeah. Number fifteen is he fifteen or eighteen or what is it? Um, but yeah, number fifteen needs to do this on that play, and he did that one wrong. <laughs> he's like he's like right there in the meeting room. They don't even know it's him, probably. Like, <laughs> and he's such like a chill guy. Like, a, yeah, I think I showed yeah. you a video of him, just like always happy. So like, you, you know, he's just cheesing in that meeting room. I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, football is life because <laughs> he, he does. He looks like Danny Rojas. Yeah. You have a note here though that you um, this solidified Stafford's Hall of Fame status for you. I, th- I think that's pretty wild. Yeah, I you know what, man? Like I like quarterbacks that are football players. He's got a ring. He got, you know, I'm Yeah, pissed. that's kind of my point there. The the um I mean the stats were there in Detroit. I know you're not a huge stat guy, but I don't think he was really padding stats. He was just putting them up and he was in a poor franchise at the time. <laughs> no, and I mean But he, then he leads he goes and he leads another like a franchise. It was his first year, right? I think it was the first year. Yeah. Um, it, 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 he, I, that solidified he, it for me. His legacy was hurt for me by never winning with Calvin Johnson. It's like, how did you guys never put it together, right? But that goes to my point that wide receivers don't, without other pieces around, they just don't win you games. They just don't. So, um, and, and again, I mean, Chiefs and Dolphins, right? We'll talk about the Chiefs in a second. Chiefs still won that trade. <laughs> they beat them both times this year. The Chiefs might have their issues, but guess what? They use those picks elsewhere, and they still have a solid team. Mahomes probably had a down year because he was buying his own bullshit a little bit too much, and he's probably going to come back and fucking rip the NFL a new one next year. So um, we'll come back to that. Yeah, we'll come back to that. But when it comes to Matthew Stafford, my point was, it's like, yeah, I was like, you know, you didn't do anything when you had the most – I mean, the the biggest freak NFL wide receiver the NFL has ever seen. And – I mean, he gave him the ball a lot. Uh, the he, production no, he, was there. Yeah, yeah. The, the production was there. It was just like, how did you not win more games, right? So, anyway, like the arm talent, the toughness, leadership, obviously. A fucking no-look throw for a first down in the Super Bowl. He's, <laughs> like, the, he's the NFL gunslinger, right? Right now? I like, mean, I, I mean, yeah. It's, I mean, I, and, you know, to a certain extent, obviously, Allen and right, yeah, you know. Yeah. But, uh, <sighs> yeah. So... Yeah, to, to answer your question, I put him in the Hall of Fame now. I do. He's, All right. Well, I'm glad he's. I'm glad he's finally going to Canton. He's got. He's got the rings. Like I said, he earned a lot of respect um, from me in that game, and just, I mean, like yeah, like obviously his hand was fucked up, and he, you know, just you, you, you didn't know if he was going to be back in the game, and instead he comes back in and almost leads a comeback. So, um, and man, if it weren't for C.J. Stroud, Nakua, like it's like I feel like the I, know, I feel like the robbed. rookie of the year voting should be much closer. If anything, I mean, C.J. Stroud plays a higher, diff- you know, degree of difficulty position. But I know you feel bad for Nakua, right? Like he's not gonna, like he he's probably in contention for offensive player of the year. He too. should be. He should be absolutely. Um, and man, like, and I can't underestimate either. Like, who did he learn from? Cooper Cup, right? Right. Like, you know what yeah, I mean? The so Cooper Cup school of. 
of wide receivering it. I mean, just with, I with mean Matthew Stafford. Yeah, blocking all of it, right? So, um, anyway, we should probably come back to Lions and Bucks. Yeah, though. we should probably go back to present day. Um, I, you know, honestly, I don't. I don't think this one's close. We got the uh, the uh, Lions are minus six. I think the Lions. I think the Lions win this one by two touchdowns at home. The uh, I hope it's not a letdown after the emotional win at home. I think and that's the only like thing. That. I think it could be like a trap game, which is crazy to say in, in a playoff. Yeah, but Goff's already won in the playoffs. It, like I think there's guys that can kind of you know balance things out. You know, I mean Hutchinson and Amon Ra. You know, like the, maybe they can kind of you know buy into it a little bit too much. It is it is a fairly young team. Well, I mean, it's um, it's not even yeah. Laporta, obviously. Laporta's I'm not even. Young. I'm not worried about every individual. I'm just worried about the collective, like the city rallying behind them so hard. And it it had been 32 they, years. I mean, like there's. And can they bring that kind of energy? It's, it's again? human yeah. nature to just have a drop off after that, right? Like they they celebrated, and this isn't like shade at them, but they celebrated like they won the Super Bowl. Yeah, it was kind and of like a, it's like that's natural it's it's something that they've been striving for for over since like i wasn't born right when when detroit last won a playoff game i will agree it kind of felt like hutchinson was uh like especially hutchinson after the game it seemed like he was a little bit too caught up in the emotion of it and i think he's from michigan yeah he obviously went to michigan. He went to michigan and and so like and so maybe that's all it is. And maybe he's, he can, obviously he's a great athlete and can have a short memory and move on. I'm sure he's capable of that. You just, you just wonder about those guys, right? Especially younger guys. Um, so I don't know. Um, that being said, I think talent just wins out in this one. You know, it's like the, the, the bucks are scrappy and I, and I give them credit. They just, they scrappy is a good word. I think Baker's going to keep it closer than, than what you're saying. I think it'll be a one score game. I no. think I think it'll be kind of going down to the wire, but I think I think you're right. Talent talent will prevail. I think the Lions squeak by, but I think that's all it is. I think it's it might be a field goal game if I had to if I had to put my money on it. Fair enough. Um, actually, Baker, uh, yeah, Baker mentioned that. Um, he found this quote on on one of the articles. So just talking some of the Rams guys, Mayfield said. They said it was the loudest thing they'd ever heard. So we've got to be completely ready for that. It just comes down to everybody knowing exactly what the game plan is. Yeah, let let, let that sit with you for a minute. This is a Rams team that, um, you know, there's there's a decent amount of pieces from that Rams team that... Well, actually, what, not too many, but a few. <laughs> but no, like, there's some key guys, right, that were on the, um, you know, Super Bowl winning run. And I like, I heard it on the TV. I, like... I was thinking to myself, I was like, "This is, do, I, do I have the volume up too high or something? Like, I could hear the crowd, like, crisp. And I have, especially in years, like, the previous couple years, recently it's been with, like, the new cameras and stuff. I feel like audio noise has been down a lot. Bless you. Oh, oh thank That might you. be our first was, sneeze on sellout I was, tr- I was trying to uh, keep it under the radar. No, that's okay. But, um, but they were loud and I, I thought that and then yeah i dug that up and i saw baker's quote i was like oh okay my, my thoughts were validated i don't know if you noticed it but i was like holy crap there was a uh there was a point in the game it was pretty pivotal and uh and casey my wife was watching with me and and she, even she said like oh like holy shit they're, like they're getting loud right and then the refs blew the whistle it, you know the bucks are on offense and they had to like get something right and they literally added one second to the game yes, clock. Yes, yep, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And it was like, it's third down. 
It's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, and, yeah, one and, second and like I think on the game clock and like six seconds on the play clock. Or yeah, like yeah, yeah. And it didn't affect anything because Baker was about to you know snap the ball anyway. Right. And it's like that's so stupid. And then sure enough, the crowd didn't get nearly loud as loud for that next you know that next pass. You know, so the whole thing was. Uh, sorry, not Baker Stafford. You know yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I got gotcha. um, But that whole thing, yeah, that whole thing got stupid. Um. So anyway, uh, but going back to who the Bucks beat, we we can't you know not touch on. It seems like Jason Kelsey's going to call it a career. Arguably, I mean, he's he's in the conversation for best center ever. He's definitely the best like agile you know, pulling, you know, mobile center that there's ever been. The only and other center I can think of, uh, you might laugh at me, Jeff Saturday. No, Jeff Saturday was great. And I mean, and smart enough to end up being, you know, a head coach, even <laughs> if, he, even if uh, <laughs> that was what, that was one of my worst takes that uh, is only recorded in Bennington Banner history. But, uh, you know, I, I, I was like, why all the hate for the Jeff Saturday hiring? Well, it didn't really pan out, but. Uh, hey, sometimes you got to be wrong. Uh, it was the second column I, I wrote that day, so you know, it happens. <laughs> um, yeah, man. So anyway, Jason Kelsey, what a what a career by pretty much all accounts, class act. You know, good leader, good locker room guy. What was I? Uh, there was some guy doing a story more about Howie Roseman, but he was like interviewing players, and like Jason Kelsey was like um telling everybody to quiet turn the music down so that so the guy didn't have to shout and everything like that and the and this this was a tweet from the guys like you have no idea how rare that is in an nfl locker room that a player would have that much respect for a reporter <laughs> so obviously for guys like me and you that kind of resonates a little bit yeah, too definitely. um just having respect for the media when you know you can get away with not um obviously the tush push is going to be part of his legacy now especially because it seems like we're like 99 to one it's probably going to be outlawed by next year and that's i mean that's that's him and hurts right i mean that's their legacy now especially if hurts doesn't really have or it's part of kelsey's yeah. legacy yeah um well, it's it's probably going to be more part of kelsey's legacy than it is hurts if i had to say by the end but, and I don't, uh, you know and i don't even know if that's um necessarily should be the case because honestly i think it's hurts height is part of what makes it work yeah um, and, and his squatting ability. No, he's a strong motherfucker, but like honestly, Russell Wilson probably squats five hundred and like would still you know, the tush push would probably work for him too. It's just a lot of it's leverage. You know, not for nothing. How many episodes have I said like it's probably ten. We could probably have ten hash marks where I was like, there's somebody somebody's gonna be able to stop it. And then I said, The Bucks stopped it. Like they gave Hertz the spot in yeah, that. I gotta give it. I gotta give it to you. You've said Bucks all all along because Vita Vea is a fucking monster. So hey, maybe you should invest in a three. <coughs> excuse me, in a three hundred and thirty pound defensive tackle, because you know NFL defenses think you can just take a big defensive end and put him at D tackle, and it's the same shit, and it's not. <laughs> like those are two different positions. Um, not necessarily, not so much. You know, in a passing situation, third and ten. But on first and ten, those are two very different positions. Yeah. And on third and one, those are two very different positions. So, like, yeah, get you get yourself some run stuffers. Get yourself some fat guys, okay? And stop fucking riding the wave and just push back into the offensive line. Jumping over doesn't work. You're dumb. So anyway, I said it. It was going to happen in a big in a big moment, and I don't remember what the score was, but that was a goal line situation where they needed it, and. I think I think it was only I think it was a one score game, but that was fourteen to. Was it a two point conversion? 
It was. You're right. It was. Yeah, a two-point conversion. because uh, they made the they made the or was it a fourth down? No, it was, no, no, it, it was a two point conversion because the it was down after was the later. it was offsides on the extra point. <laughs> right, and then they decided. And I said to Jake, I said to Jake, and you never know on a team psyche the inf- the difference this can make, right? Because it would have made it four, 14 to ten, I think, or yeah. seventeen to ten. I, some, I think it was fourteen to ten. If I they believe. just took the extra point, which they made, so they took a point off the board, then went for two. And then Jake fucking was like, ugh, face mask. Like, dude, shit happens in the pile. Kelsey's diving at guys' knees every time. The the Bills defensive tackle called that out, you know, from back, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was a face mask, though. It was a face mask, but shit happens in the pile, so I don't really give a shit. And um, I don't know. Like, yeah, they missed it. They missed a face mask, whatever. I don't really care that much. Um, and, again, like, Sirianni should pay for it for taking a point off the board when you just like you could have done the simple thing and just been down by four play the long game right but you ha- but you have to be smarter than everybody right so anyway I, I, later I, later on down the road Elliot makes a field goal offsides again they take those points off the board don't get any points on that drive that one was a little egregious because it was fourth and ten to fourth and five it, w- it wasn't like it was a one yard decision i disagree with that one i agree with the two-point conversion i know it's easy to say that you took a point off the board but the conversion rate's very high well i'm gonna tell you like i will show you the text i said it before the two-point conversion i said this is a bad idea just take the oh point. no i i was i was watching and i was thinking i should have texted you i was thinking I was, tory's probably fuming right now um I just I knew dude, I said it all year. It's gonna happen in a big moment when the when the tush push isn't gonna work. Yeah, so you so. should be happy. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm so I'm so happy. <laughs> My oh dude, you should you should see the text between Jake and I. We we were fuming, like fire Sirianni, fuck this, blow it up, trade AJ Brown. Which like, is so crazy too. Like we talked about Sirianni, but it's just like so he's had one bad stretch, right? Um and he like might actually lose his job. But he's legitimately had a bad stretch that has spanned less than a half of a football season. He's been the coach for three years, right? This is this was his third, I believe. Um, very bad stretch, one in six, obviously d- disastrous stretch to end of the year. But other than that, all he's done is one. Uh, okay, so he's one, but here's the thing. You look at a guy like Belichick, how much success did his coordinators have when they left? Not a lot. No. Right? No. How much success did... Because I'd say that Gannon, first of all, Gannon beat the Eagles this year. And second of all, the car, it seems like the arrow is kind of pointing up on the Cardinals, especially if they get themselves a quarterback. I don't know about that, buddy. Dude, that, def- that defense plays hard. and That was a dog shit team this year. Yeah, it was a dog shit team, but so were the Texans last year. But I said it last year, things look like they're, they're looking up for the Texans. I said that. I said that shit. I don't. It's I, a culture not, thing, dude. It's a culture thing, I'm and I'm not saying, gonna buy into. Listen, the Arizona man. Steichen, so Steichen and Gannon are both good coordinators. Those coordinators leaving, it makes it look like, especially when he doesn't call the plays on either side of the ball, and he's throwing tantrums on the sideline and yelling at people, and he has like. I'm not gonna blame somebody for taking a a job and making millions of more dollars. I mean, the opportunity is there. You strike when the iron's hot, and they're coming off a Super Bowl run. I mean, yeah, like. I'm, wait, I'm not mad at the coordinators. I'm saying this this is an indictment on Sirianni see, I don't as a coach. It, I don't see it as an indictment. I see it as he's um, oh, might not necessarily be Sirianni himself, but the success of the organization leads to people wanting 
those minds on their organization. As a Patriots fan, I saw. How do you explain it? How do you explain the Eagles falling apart? Because again, I'm not. I mean, we we even talked about their mentality. We talked about like the whole. Like it feels like it's first and nine every every no, drive, no. And, and and I get that, and um, you, so you were very right about the corniness, right? Like it, it it's cute until it's not working, and then you look like an asshole, uh, which is is how everyone in the in Philly seems to view him right now. But I don't know. It's like we we talk about you McCarthy. don't fire you don't fire a guy just to fire him. I get that. It's not just a, like a, oh hold him accountable and fire him. Like no, hold him accountable and say you know, get your shit together. But if there's somebody better, like, do you really think that a lot of this is what Doug Peterson built? A lot of this is what Howie Roseman built. Okay. And then maybe Howie Roseman deserves a little bit of the blame for the pieces that he, again, we talked about running back. We talked about maybe a few too many volatile personalities, you know, things like that. Again, I think that something went wrong in this locker room. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Let's get back to Jason Kelsey. Yeah, I don't, he deserves like, a little bit more. Like, uh, more yeah, we, we we already talked about Sirianni. The point is, um, you know, Jason Kelsey, if this really is it, I mean, he's he's one of my favorite Eagles. He's one of my favorite players, period, ever. Um, and like I said, you know, maybe maybe the best center ever. He's, he's definitely in the talk. Mm-hmm. It's hard to quantify these things on the line. Um, but, you, but, I mean, you just look at the resume, right, with – you know, if if Jalen Hurts really isn't an elite quarterback, then he carried, you know, he, he and and Lane Johnson and you know and and a and a strong pass rush Philadelphia Eagles defense carried them to, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, very close to a, a Super Bowl, Bowl win and a Super Bowl loss. Um, you know, a Super Bowl win with Nick fucking Foles. <laughs> so, um, that line was great then too. So there's you know there's no debating that. Um. Jason Peters had something to do with that too on the on the Super Bowl win, but um, I don't know, man. You know, I, I think he, you know, you, you watch the podcast, like he kind of he leads the podcast a little bit, and then like Travis is kind of like the goofy, you know, comic relief part. You know, he does a good job too, yeah. but uh, but it's obviously like Jason's kind of like the um, the one coordinating, kind of running the show a little bit, you know. Um, so I think he obvious career in broadcasting or podcasting or whatever he wants to do. He's got a future, you know, around football. Um, unless he wants to be a line coach. Actually, I heard that, that he really, I think Steichen asked him if he wanted to be, I heard wanted asked him if he wanted to be the line coach in, uh, in Indy. Um, so, but I could, I mean, that, that was just like on, uh, and I think uh, Sirius XM NFL radio or something, but yeah, the amount of nuggets that are coming out really leads you to believe that it is over for him. Cause he, you know, he hasn't said officially that he's retired yet, obviously. But. No. And that's, and again, like you and I were talking about this before we were trying to figure out like, when did Brady actually say he was going to retire? And I was, I was trying to convince you like, yeah, Brady was kind of a dick about it because he did it. Yeah. I, I was under the assumption in, that it was after, but it was, it was right after the champion, the championship games. So that way everyone was talking about it for two weeks before the Super Bowl. <laughs> you know, like I, I thought that was a shitty move. I thought that was kind of stealing some thunder. Um, you know, whatever. It's love hate with Brady for me all the time. Because love, he's, love, he's, love, love. It's it's he's he's, he's 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 very polarizing within my own mind because he's either extremely shitty or extremely awesome in what he says and does. Um, Tom Brady, winner. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but a winner, indisputable. Um, I don't know. Do you think uh, you think he and Travis will like? Do you think they'll do something to dethrone Peyton and Eli? Do you think there'll be a rivalry there? Do you think you think uh, 
You think Amazon will like they'll do their own? I'm I'm good on the show? I'm good on the Travis Kelsey content. Not my, not my favorite uh, pers- persona, I guess. <laughs> um, don't think he's. He, so I don't listen to the podcast. Even with his brother? Because like, I, I don't listen to the podcast. I do like some of the clips that I see. Yeah, I've only seen clips. I, it's so not like I, I, should, I should give it a chance before I, I just trash it. Um, maybe I hold a little bit of resentment because people say that Travis is better than Gronk, and I don't believe that. Uh, so maybe I'm not giving him either. a maybe I'm not giving him a fair shake. I I love Jason Kelsey. I'd love to see him on ESPN or podcast, whatever, on a broadcast. <laughs> Uh, you know, pregame studio, wh- whatever he wants to do, he deserves to walk away and not think about football ever again. If that's what he wants, he doesn't seem like that type of guy. He seems like somebody that would still want to be around the game in some capacity. I think he'd be an awesome line coach, fantastic line coach. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> it, it would be kind of fun to see him and him and Travis calling games, I guess. I really like the Manning cast. I don't think we've talked a lot about it. Um, I haven't watched it this year, actually. I didn't watch any of it this year. but I appreciate it. Like, I like the insight. It's just like... It's tough to watch the game. It's it's tough to watch. The, like, I would almost like to go back and watch them after I've seen the game, and it's like, who the fuck has time for that? Right. But right. it's not because they're not putting out a good product. It's just not the way I like to watch a football game. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's not a knock against them at all. Like, yeah. Um, but anyway... So that being said, I don't know if there's going to be some sort of like brother versus brother, you know, team rivalry. You know, Peyton and Eli now, now, uh, now Travis and and Jason could be the new favorite brother combo because like even uh, like Casey loves Jason Kelsey and Travis Kelsey. You know, like like she kind of tells you what the casual fan is is seeing, right? Yeah. So, um, she's my gauge for what the what the casual fan says. Oh yeah, she. We'll talk about this more, I'm sure. But yeah, she was like saying like she wants me to go to a Super Bowl party with like all of her, you know. I mean, our friends, but like just people that don't really give a shit about football and are going to talk about the halftime show the whole fucking game. And I'm like, no. And I was like, Mawson and I said we were going to do a show that night anyway, like right after. So I'm going to watch the game with him, maybe if he wants to. If he doesn't, yeah, no, definitely, definitely. But I'm no, I'm like I'm a lunatic during the Super Bowl, especially if a team that I if I'm invested at all. But like I, dude, I was pissed during the Bengals and Rams Super Bowl. I was like the whole second half. I was like, "What the fuck? Why aren't the Bengals running the fucking ball? Why are you letting Aaron Donald fucking murder him?" Like, like I can't watch with people that don't care about the game. I can't do it. I want you to. I want you to go to that party. No, no, not because I don't want to watch it with you. I just want. I want. Dude, like fuck five you. You don't want to watch with me. I get it. It's no, I want like, five or six other individuals to experience. <laughs> no, no, no. And it'd be like thirty, and yeah, uh, no, no, you, you gotta go. I already told this I'll story. To but go. No, 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 stop. You're not, but I already told this story when Parker was talking about his, his superstitions and not watching the Michigan Ohio state game. And like with family anyway, because the Eagles against the Patriots Super Bowl, I invited people over and it was like, why did I do this? It's like, I don't want any of you here right now. And I'm making that very clear. And everyone was just really uncomfortable. There is something to be said about watching a Super Bowl with your team in it, with people that, uh, don't watch football. And these are these, these were people even though I played fantasy football. They actually knew sports. I mean, one of them was Corey that yeah, I yeah. you know that that trained. He wasn't like a huge football fan, but he knew football. Yeah. And then like so these weren't even like horrible football fans. Like like where Casey wants me to go now. There's like two people that will like will know anything about football. Yeah. And they'll definitely just they'll just fall into the Super Bowl halftime show conversation anyway. Oh, so I so want you to go to that. It's like no, I don't want to. You can't make me. <laughs> Casey can. 
kind of. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, Before we get off Jason Kelsey, though, um, so I, I mentioned kind of the nuggets that are coming out. One one was this by uh, Fox Sports reporter reporter Laura Ackman. Um, she tweeted out, my favorite quote of the season was one I couldn't say on TV, explaining the toll of the tush push takes on you. Jason Kelsey told me upon push, he yells, fuck my life. Jalen Hurts confirmed. <laughs> Here's to a man who also screams and lives. I love my life just as passionately. <laughs> well put, Laura. It's good stuff. Yeah, yeah, well well written. Um and then uh did you did you see the um well yeah, let's let's get on that for just a second. Like <laughs> your defensive tackle and and Jason Kelsey comes up to the ball and says, Fuck my life. <laughs> well, I know I guess that's what the the coaches would call a key, right? Is it, yeah, yeah. When, I, I guess I, when I when I read that, I was wondering when he yells "fuck my life." <laughs> like it could be the cadence, you know. Instead of "here we go," yeah. <laughs> like like Dak, <laughs> "fuck my life." Did, did you, <laughs> uh, just real quick, Jordan Love hit hit him with the "here we go" at the end of the game. I guess. Oh, yeah. <laughs> damn. Uh, one more on on Jason Kelsey. Did you see the McDonald's thing? No, sir. He. Uh, he delivered a, a signed Jason Kelsey jersey to his favorite McDonald's drive-through worker. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome, dude. He's just a man of the people. Like, what was that thing that I mean? Remember, he was on uh, "It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia." Yeah, yeah. It wasn't just him; it was a few of the guys. I, can't, I, I think Lane Johnson might have been one of them too. It was a few guys. Maybe Chris Long was too. I don't know. I think Chris Long was. I'm not. Um, I, I actually haven't watched it, but I, I know what you're talking about. Um, but that was, and then. During the parade, I don't even know what he was. He was like the Sultan of Philadelphia. What, like there was a name for it. Do you remember? I don't. I don't. I, I, I forget. But yeah, what but a, what he looked. He looked amazing. What he, a get up he had. Yeah, yeah, he had the full beard. Then that was like that was the only hope I actually held out for the Eagles this year. Is there was no hope for that team either. Like Carson Wentz got hurt. No. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it, it, Mawson's showing me the McDonald's ploy getting here signed. That's fucking amazing. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, and he is like he is the guy that would do that yeah so you know but he was part of that like the 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 underdogs and everything like that you know they had the dog masks and everything like that team was fun he you reminds know? me a lot of you know he reminds me a lot of is is julian edelman playoff julian edelman with the beard right it's yeah. like that same same it vibe is, it is kind of edelman like yeah um and i mean and he's like as athletic as a wide receiver but at, at, at offensive line so like He's got Jerry Jones of sorts, some would say. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Yes, <laughs> it's very, very Jonesian. Um, Jesus, dude, God, yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna miss him, and the Eagles are gonna miss him, and I, I don't know, like you can't. They, they might even be able to replace some of the production at center with Landon Dickerson if he comes back healthy. Some of it, he's not as yeah. athletic as Kelsey, not even close. But, um, but you can, but just like I think the locker room, everything like that, the mentality. I remember he. I I still remember the week of practice for that Patriots Super Bowl, and he lost his fucking mind. It was like this big drama because he like because he flipped out and left the practice field, and like I still don't even know what it was about. But knowing him, it was probably over poor fucking execution or something. You know what I mean? And he just flipped out and left the field. But as an Eagles fan, you're like, oh fuck, what's going on? We're in trouble. Yeah, yeah, you know. (laughs) Um, like trouble in paradise here, you know, but like, obviously it was fine. The offense was fucking outstanding that night. So it's like, ah, man, anyway, 
well, you know, I'm, I'm sure we'll uh, we'll have more to talk about Jason Kelsey down the road and Travis because I, in fact, like him too. So, and and dude, I have to keep defending myself against it, it, people. Keep saying, I, well, I know, you, I know you hate Taylor Swift. Like, fuck you! I never said that. Never said that. Not even, not even at the height of the Taylor Swift bullshit that I say I had a problem with Taylor Swift. Not once. You had a problem with the producers. That's all I said. That's all I said. Anyway. God help us if the Chiefs make the Super Bowl. I think that's a good, good segue <laughs> to talk about him. Huh? Sure, let's go to them first. So, as I say, the fucking Chiefs at the fucking Bills. And because teams are their quarterbacks, I just, like, I'm really not. And I think we're going to get some That's nothing to do with the way these guys play, because I like the way these guys play between the whistles. They are just such dipshits after the whistle. It, I can't fucking stand it. And, and I, I even have you convinced they're both assholes. Yeah, you you've turned me on Patrick Mahomes a lot. I'm I'm not. Uh, whoa, 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 wait a minute! You agreed Allen's a flop. I I think Allen's worse. Allen's a flopper. Mahomes no, Mahomes you, you, is a is a crier. Allen is a legit flopper, like have, NBA caliber flopper. You have opened my eyes, unfortunately, to this to this dark world where nothing is good. That's, that um, that is that is actually the goal. Is every episode just try to ruin one more th- until until nothing until, makes you happy? Okay, yeah. and then and then we can retire this podcast. So, yeah, so I think I've, it'll uh, be a job well done by you. That's the real reason we had to go to once a week. I was <laughs> I was depressing you at too quick of a rate. I get it. Uh, I was yeah. like, yeah, these midweek depression episodes can't can't be having these anymore. <laughs> I still got three more days of the work week. Fuck this shit. <laughs> I need a yeah, weekend. I see this guy in the office too. Yeah, I'm yeah. Out. People need a, a weekend to recover from me, especially. You. <laughs> um, no, I, yeah, you have opened my eyes to to both uh, Mahomes with the whistle and and Allen with the the flopping. All right, um, let's let's it's, let's it's, leave that shit aside. Let's talk about the football game, right? Because no matter what, this the, I mean, it seems like every one of these games is instant classic, right? Um, <laughs> I said I'll leave it aside, but obviously the way the Chiefs game ended with Kadarius Tony and all that stuff, it should have been an instant classic because of the awesome play that Travis Kelsey made, right? Right. Um, so anyway, I think this one will be another one of those. I think the Chiefs are going to win because I don't think that the, you know, to Mahomes' credit, I don't think that the weather actually does affect him. I don't think the the crowd. No, I mean, he played really well last weekend in negative 30, you know, at, at home, at home. But, you know, and now he's going to play yeah, in shitty, was, shitty conditions in yeah. Buffalo, which he hasn't done before in the playoffs. Let's let's at least be fair there. Right. But I don't think it's going to matter. I think they I think they've been in tough spots before. I think I don't know. Kelsey looked a little bit rejuvenated. I mean, seven catches for 71. It's not the Kelsey of old, but I think he's still going to be a reliable target. He's still short arm. Like, I think he still dropped one or two. It's not Kelsey like. Dude, I I don't know who wasn't short arming in that fucking weather though, you know. No, but it's been all like, year. Like it's not a one off. Like yeah. he, he's had these like, and it's not. He's Mahomes' safety blanket still, right? So it's if he's not if he's not as reliable as he used. And to it's be, like third and five, so the the drops are more impactful than a random first down. Like oh, we didn't gain seven yards there. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I I thought he he had a couple of big plays in that one no, though, he, when yeah, the game was still in question. So I, basically, my point is, if if he's a legit weapon, if he's actually turning it up for these last few games, um, I gotta cancel my peacock. At this, sorry, go on. And the uh, you know, but if he if he's like a, you know reliable, and then 
Rice is a legit weapon. That's why I've I've been tired of hearing, oh, Mahomes doesn't have any receivers. Like, like, no, he just doesn't have four fucking receivers like he always did. You know what I mean? Like, he's got weapons. You know what I mean? Yeah, and Rice it, is a rookie. I mean, he's he's obviously progressed as the year's gone on. But eight catches for 130 no, in those conditions, he's again, legit. like, he's good. And he's been good most of the year. So I don't really want to hear that. But, like, so if those two are on, and then you have Pacheco on the ground, and... Uh, I don't know. I, I just think, you know, uh, yeah, I think the Chiefs cover. I think the Chiefs win. Chiefs are at minus two and a half. Uh, I think the Chiefs are going to win this game because, like, Allen has protected the ball lately. I think he's one of those, uh, um, yeah, we, you know, he's 16-0 and 0 when he doesn't throw a pick. You you pointed this out during uh, that uh, that, that stat broadcast. That they, did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's I, a, I mean, I that's a great stat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not necessarily shocked, but I was like, whoa, like not one loss. But I think, I think, a, I mean, what, like the Chiefs cause problems by blitzing with DBs a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. So you can contain Allen's athleticism a little bit. You still have Chris Jones coming up the middle. Uh, can you contain it though? Because like uh, Josh Allen's physical enough that I don't know if a blitzing cornerback is going to get him down. No, and, and I just like one of these teams is. Gonna I guess w- I guess if you're sending Sneed, but are you going to send Sneed? Well, it's not usually seen. It's usually like, you know, one of the... The nickels. Yeah, yeah, one of the nickel guys or something like that. But I just... I like this Chiefs defense. Um, I mean, it it was... It it was good enough to win in the, the, you know, the the first meeting. Was that in Kansas City? That one was in Kansas City. Yeah, the only time uh, Mahomes has been to Buffalo was the COVID year. Um, So... I don't know. I, I think the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs have ironed out some of the issues. Definitely not all of them. Again, I don't think Mahomes is as good as he was in years past. But the guy still finds a way to win. And I don't know. I, I think. I think some of my fears are about to come true. And I think the Dolphins, or excuse me, uh, the Chiefs are about to go on a, a Super Bowl run. Yeah, the path is definitely there. I think it's that's kind of been the narrative for like from like week fifteen on, and it's just getting more and more clear. Right? Buffalo is a great team. It's a like I, I see this as a coin flip game. I really do. Um, I think it's going to be whoever gets the ball last. I think it's just going to be one of those games. Um, let's not. I'm excited uh, for. Sorry. It. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. That's that's pretty much all. Um, let's not. Uh, let's not gloss over this. Uh, Patrick Mahomes' helmet fucking exploded. Yeah, that was cool. So, um, on what you know. It, by the way, I'm not going to bitch about the no timeout. Like. They should figure that out. That's not right. Like he got to change his helmet without right. a timeout like being if it, called. Yeah, if he was, I'm surprised you're not because if it was somebody, if it was an offensive lineman, you know that they're gonna be forced to burn. No, no, it, it's not right. But the Chiefs were clearly gonna win that game, so I don't really care. Whatever. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't decide the outcome. I agree with you there. Um, but I think just for precedence, I think they should have had to burn. No, no, for the precedent, and it, and it looks bad because it's Mahomes. It's, yeah. it's just yeah. a bad image, right? But. uh but so let's let, let's just appreciate the fact that a, that a fucking helmet exploded. Because he I didn't mean, want to come out. He didn't want to come out. He's like, what? Like, because no, he and, ran a play before. And before I believe they him. I believe him when he says, "Well, I was pissed because my." He basically he said my helmet was warm, and then the new helmet I had to put on was fucking freezing. Like he didn't oh, say I those did, words, but I like, didn't. I didn't hear that. Okay. Like think about that. That yeah. that's totally well, legit. Well, I, I believe was, him. I was like, just thinking, just you know, the comfort of your own helmet that you wear every time. And you know it's it's broken in well it's it's really comfortable yeah and his shit didn't fit either but just like yeah. in that weather I'd just be pissed to have to put on a fucking freezing helmet yeah. when I, I mean because you're sweating at that point right like yeah putting on a helmet that cold what was it it's only like it's twenty degrees here you it's know cold. fifteen whatever I wouldn't want I was pissed because I, I so we went to the gym and I left my boots in the car 
this so I had to go out there and get them this morning to like walk the dog, you know, yeah, yeah, out yeah. in the yard. And I was pissed having to put those boots on. You're talking about 20 degrees colder than that. <laughs> having yeah. to put a helmet on, fuck that. So I so I actually I will come to Mahomes' defense on that because because he was clearly unhappy and just being a competitor too. So I'm not I'm not going to give him any shit for that. But um, yeah. Oh yeah, we got to go back to Packers and Niners though, because there, there is. One yeah, more. I don't think we got to spend too too much time on these guys, but uh, well, you know, I, I see. I think you're writing off the Packers a little too, bit too quick. Just like I don't think the Texans are beating the Ravens, I think it's a little more, little more likely than we think, um, because I think the Packers, the arrows really pointing up on this team. It was the youngest team in the NFL. Um, Jordan Love was dealing with the youngest wide receiver core in the NFL. They all developed together. And, you know, say what you will at Jordan Love. He throws off his back foot all the time. But it's kind of amazing because it, like, it, it almost negates the pressure a lot of the time. Um, I think he's going to pay for it against better teams, maybe like the 49ers. You know, Fred Warner will probably, you know, make him pay for it. But he's good in the red zone. He's, yeah, uh, 21 touchdowns, one interception in his last nine games. That's fantastic. Now, yeah, could that level out a little bit? Sure, but I think it also says a little bit about this team has gotten hot at the right time, right? Now, I don't think this team's good enough defensively. I think that's the biggest issue. Offensively, I think they I think they can put up some points, and I think the nine and a half points that they're getting, I think it's enough to cover. I think this could be a touchdown game for the 49ers. Especially again, don't don't toss out the Kyle Shanahan factor. That's fair. I just don't think uh I just I'm very high on the Niners. Very, very, very high on the Niners. Um I don't think like the um kind of hesitancy we have with the Ravens, I don't think is going to show up with the Niners. I think I think they're going to come ready to play. I think it's a team that benefits from the rest because it's guys that are, are banged up a lot. Samuel, Kittle, yeah, Trent Williams. Bruisers. Um, you know, like and again, like a, a totally fresh, healthy defense. Those are things that are definitely going to benefit the 49ers. Absolutely. Um, uh, yeah, fresh McCaffrey, of course, right? Um you know, maybe lose a little bit of timing with their offense too, but uh, you know, it's not quite as important with this. You know, maybe you know more like their screen short game. Yeah, and I mean, stuff like I mean, that, the zone run's still going to be there. I mean, yeah, you don't really absolutely necessarily need timing as much for that. So I don't think that the I don't think the Packers defense is going to be able to do anything against San Francisco. What I think is, I think the Packers are actually going to be able to. They could put up. They're going to find yeah. some stuff. Yeah. Okay. I can. I can. I can appreciate that, and I, I can see that happening. I think. Hopes are going to be high going into next year for the Packers. Let's yeah, put it that yeah, way. Yeah, no, they're they're definitely ending on a high note, and I, I, this season definitely ends here. If you ask me, I think Jordan Love throws a pick, maybe two, um, and like you said, they're that they're not going to stop the Niners. And if if Jordan Love turns the ball over, it's it's over for them. There's there's no hope. No, I agree with that. Um, but again, if this is a one score game late, when the, and Kyle Shanahan calling the plays. I don't know, man. Anything can happen. Yeah, I mean, uh, um, he's, he's, we talk about Lamar's history. I mean, until until Kyle Shanahan, you know, gets rid of some of these demons, because I, who knows who made all the decisions in that Falcons game? But Kyle Shanahan was calling the fucking plays, and he did a horrible job in that Patriots Falcons Super Bowl. And then is, I mean, how many times have you know the Forty ers you know, fucked up games with him as the head guy? So, um, you know, uh, it. I won't feel comfortable with the 49ers unless it's a two, three touchdown lead in the fourth quarter. You know? That's fair. I think it even kind of showed itself 
this uh even in the regular season they were they were juggernauts but if it was close it was it was a nail biter right like um they had to put teams away to really really show how how good of a team they can be i mean look at the browns game bad decision making at the end right like exactly. like why didn't you run a couple more plays to get that get your rookie field goal kicker closer like yeah. you know there's there's those some of those things hang around right and that's gonna be yeah it's that's gonna be amplified in the playoffs absolutely so you see my point but um you know what We'll just, I think we can gloss right over the uh, RG3, uh, yeah, Jay Gruden RG3 feud. and Jay Gruden are wild. Uh, so, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm actually on Jay Gruden's side on this. I think RG3 was a one-trick pony, and I think the NFL was going to figure him out. Obviously, the knee injury didn't help, but I don't, I don't think RG3 was headed for like superstardom like Michael Vick. He wasn't heading for Canton, I don't think. No, yeah. no. Um, so anyway, uh, that's that's all that is. Look that up on Twitter. I guess there's a little Twitter beef between the two. It's uh, you know, it's it's, it's different. Been ongoing. You don't yeah. you don't you don't see like a former player analyst and his former coach going at it on Twitter very often. It's entertaining. I else. guess the funniest thing that I thought Jay Gruden said was like RG three said something about his coaching, right? And then Jay Gruden comes back with, "Oh yeah, I guess our you're right. Our staff wasn't good enough." And oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that leads me to one more note with um. With the the Packers Niners, actually, I, I I had this down. Um, all the talk about that Redskins coaching staff, but uh, Lafleur and Shanahan were actually both on the Texans coaching staff together in '08. I didn't know that before before they went to Washington. So, oh, and the, oh, and they'll be coaching against you. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Okay, and then so what? Are you, what are you, so you're talking about also on that Redskins 2011 coach? I, I think it was 11. It's 2010 yeah, yeah. and 2011, I think. But but McDaniel got promoted to so it was like the four biggest offensive positions. Yeah. So it was McDaniel, McVeigh, Shanahan, and um, Lafleur. And the floor. Um, and I think that. And uh, so that's what that's what Jay Gruden is saying. It's like, like yeah, I, you're right. Our coaching wasn't good enough. I think you, have, you had four head coaches yeah. on your fucking staff. I think buddy that uh, just got interviewed by the Chargers. You dropped his name earlier. Um, Gill. Off- or, no, uh, no, no. Oh, uh, 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 Kellen Moore. No, it, there was another name. I think he was also on. Sorry, that everybody, everybody yeah. got interviewed yeah. by the Chargers. Yeah, I know that's true. I, I, I only limited it to twelve there. So, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll look it up later. All right. Well, that's a good place to end the sports por- portion of the show. We move on to holidays and history, and uh, I guess a little bit extended, or, or we, or we got to like be a little more brief on everyone. We got to be a little uh, more selective on, uh, on our. Yeah. Now that we're doing a but you can look up all your holidays in history. We we find our shit on history.com and nationaltoday.com. So look you know, look them up. Give and them. this gives us some security. So like we're not gonna have to recycle um holidays for years. Because to we're come. gonna be here for a long time. Yeah. So uh the, yeah, so we'll have other stuff to come back to. And you know, I'll forget anyway. Like you think I'm gonna remember it was National Coffee Day a year from now? Not National Coffee Break Day, excuse me. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, we gotta celebrate every day, right? And uh so you know, we just had MLK Day. Was it? Is it? Uh, Pre- President's Day is next, I guess. I don't. Oh, Valentine's Day. Valentine's Whatever. Day. I'll, I'll, I'm sure I'll have a rant about Valentine's Day when it comes around, but we'll get there. Uh, all right. So January 20th is National Coffee Break Day. Um, yeah, I actually woke up like insanely early today. So and I should have taken a coffee break, you know, for my second coffee today, and never did that. And I, I think I suffered. So I don't know. I got to start us- utilizing coffee breaks more. Uh, I, I really don't. I just have a coffee in the morning, and then uh, that, see that's what I do. And that, like I'm starting to think maybe I need a second one. I but think it's so. Like, once I you start so. going down that path, man, I don't know. Yeah, just chasing the dragon, you know. Yeah, that's true. 
There's uh, a drug. Caffeine <laughs> is a drug. It is a drug, and I am a drug addict when it comes to that. So, uh, all right. Uh, January 21st is Own Your Own Home Day. Well, I'm, I'm winning there. Um, yeah, this is just a day for boomers to flex on on my generation. I'm not a boomer. Fuck you. Um, anyway, um, so this is a funny one. 1976 was the the Concorde's first flight. Um, you know, the supersonic jetliner that could carry over 100 passengers, and they called it the Concordsky because the Russians apparently copied so much of the technology through espionage. Um, but yeah, so, we, and they turned it into the TU-144 and I'm sure our friend Alex Hollings would tell you the TU-144 was actually very different. And he would also probably tell you of all the times we stole technology from other countries and, and that's all true, but it's just kind of funny. Con- it, 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 the concept of the Concorde is funny to me anyway, because it's like, you just like 600 miles an hour isn't fast enough to get across the English channel. I don't know. So, um, so it had to be even faster and, um, I don't know. Then one of them crashed in 2003. Um, but flying at supersonic speeds with a jet that big is is not easy. And uh, yeah, it would it would fly at a, excuse me, not, not even supersonic at Mach two, which is twice the sound of speed. Um, Learned that fr- from uh, Top Gun. Oh, what the what the speed Mox. of sound was? Yeah, Mox. did they say that? I don't even remember. Oh yeah, yeah I think like while they're talking about their maneuvers and stuff, right? Yeah. Dude, I haven't even seen the new Top Gun. I need to. I know. No spoilers. I have like three times. I need to get on it. All right. You watch any given Sunday, and then you'll probably understand a lot more about me, and then I'll watch Top Gun. Um, Fair enough. All right. uh, January 22, National Hot Sauce Day. Again, I'm a pussy. I can't do spicy stuff, so I don't know. You know, it is funny, though. Like, so, like. Tabasco and hot sauce like come in the MREs and these were like those were like gold and the it was like that peanut butter jalapeno cheese oh peanut butter we're gonna talk about that in a little bit too uh, those were those were the ones that that were oh we are no shit um, but those those Just were like MREs gold. dream this uh, week yeah um, there was the there was the Gatorade powder that was that was one of my favorites and then absolute worst veggie omelet. I think I think just about any veteran will agree, or anybody who's had an MRE, because that's not just veterans. But uh, veggie omelet was the most disgusting meal, and it, it, would, it just doesn't sound appetizing in that capacity. It, it's I love a, me a veggie omelet. No, you probably I, don't even like them anymore because of that. No, 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 no. I love an omelet. Okay. It's just like that's not even what this was. It was just like a. Yeah, it was yeah. just like a egg gel, mm. and. I mean, like, Good. yeah, like you're you're probably a little queasy just here. Yeah, right? egg like, gel is are two words that should not go back to back. Yeah, it's it's literally a meme that I um that you know that veggie omelet is like, it's on it's on multiple military. It's memes. It's, it's yeah, it's making the rounds, you know, around the military circles. Uh, January twenty second, also uh, the day the Unabomber pleaded guilty um, to, I believe, all of the bombings. Um, obviously, nothing funny there, but the Unabomber just a very fascinating case um there's a couple of really good documentaries about it so i recommend those to everybody so my question to you is that's 1998 and they weren't like oh we need to get security in airports because it took another three years in a catastrophic event for them to be like you know what let's check this out you know in their defense like and i'm the last person in the world to defend tsa but they did hijack the planes with box cutters. That's true. Yeah. So, yeah. because you got to remember in at nine eleven too, because all these people, are like, oh, I would have fucking taken them down and all that stuff. So, like, dude, 
every movie that everybody had seen to that point, like the hostages wanted, or excuse me, the terrorists wanted something, and they and they were just holding hostages. Right. right? It was just like, a, a ploy to get they what were they like wanted. Steven Seagal movies and shit, and it was just yeah. like, oh, and like, yeah, they land the plane, and then the SWAT team comes and kills the bad guys, and all the hostages live. Like, yeah, it wasn't that that was what everyone comprehensible that it, the end result would be. Yeah, really up was. until nine eleven, it was just comply with the assholes until you know until the good guys come and save you. So yeah. obviously, you know. The hijackers bucked that plan, you know. So uh, anyway, Jesus, how do we end up on that? Oh yeah, Unabomber. So yeah, he didn't bomb any airports though. I mean, like he was he was going after like federal federal establishments. I think like like you know the mail system and stuff like that. But oh right right. Um, but anyway, just I mean, it's like it's a fat. I'm not glorifying at all. It's just a fascinating story, especially how they found him when you think about it, because he was a really smart guy. Um, but also a very disturbed individual. So anyway, um, let's get on to more cheerful things. Mike, explain Snowplow Mailbox Hockey Day. Please. Yeah, this this one popped up, and I couldn't pass it up. Um, so snowplowers are given a clear shot at taking down as many mailboxes as they can while snowplowing in the streets. The greater the number of mailboxes taken down, the more points they score. Five points are rewarded for every mailbox, and you get an extra 20 if the mailbox is thrown across the street. Sure, if you hit it with the right angle or whatever, like it's a, it, it's got to take a little extra skill, right? So. I'm sure it's very satisfying when you do it. Um, I'm sure they're, I don't know. I feel like sometimes plow drivers are, plow truck drivers are just like, you know what? I'm just having a bad day. I'm just going to take out this mailbox. Um, I don't think our mailbox has ever been taken down at my parents' place. I don't have a mailbox here, so um. I guess I can't talk about that have you ever had a mailbox taken out by a snowplow yeah, i don't i don't want to jinx it yeah. no i have not had that happen yet but I, i'm sure it's coming you know what i mean yeah i mean you especially live, a you mild a winter cold. like this i'm sure we're like we're gonna get we're gonna get a we're gonna get hammered soon. yeah 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 no i mean it's inevitable if you live in a cold climate it's it's gonna happen one day you're not a movie guy have you seen uh stand by me like the the old coming of age movie based on the stephen king book the body i haven't, I um, haven't. okay well you should see that one too um and one of these days I'll make the list, but they play mailbox baseball. So okay, yeah, similar yeah. idea. Uh, Are they like fourteen or sixteen? Uh, they just got their license. No, so the so the main characters are twelve. And then, like their older brothers are Take like out and... seventeen or no, 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 no. They're like bullies, oh. but they're like involved in the story. And then they're like driving; they're like seventeen or eighteen, and they're driving around total delinquents, and they're playing mailbox baseball. Yeah. So yeah. TPing houses in the um, free time. No, they were like more. They were like worse than that. Okay, and it was like the late fifties, early sixties is when the so okay. so really bad. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They were like tattooing each other and all kinds of shit. They were yeah. like they were like the gangs of the fifties. Okay, like. They weren't knuckleheads. They were, um, yeah, they, more, yeah, more than knucklehead. Yeah. They were, uh, they were, they were hooligans. They hooligans. Were, yeah. They were like leather. You know, if it were cold enough, they were leather jacket, grease, grease in their hair, like, you know, yeah. 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 Uh, I got, I can, I, I got sure a that, picture in my head. I'm sure there's a word. Yeah, they, they were ruffians. They were, they were, uh, they were a bad element. You know? Okay, I like uh, that. Yeah, there like you go. That. I don't know what this is in the fifties. I don't fucking know. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Uh okay, what else? Uh January twenty third, nineteen eighty four. Hulk Hogan beat the Iron Sheik for the first WWF title, the now defunct WWF. Um or is it is it defunct or is it just uh previously known as WWF, I, don't know, I guess. No, because WWE uh, brother, yeah, good good one. 
I use that gif all the time of Hulk Hogan in front of the American flag <laughs> playing the playing the guitar. Yeah. It's about as America as it gets. Uh, he had a reality show, right? He did, Hogan knows best. Yeah, Hogan knows best. Yeah, yeah. 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 And it like is is that's th- my like knowledge. Like I know he was a wrestler, but that's how I I was exposed to him growing up. That's so weird, man. Like that must be again. That must be how like Bill Burr. You know when he always talks about like you know Bruce Jenner becoming Caitlyn Jenner. Yeah, and like to me like. I didn't know who the fuck Bruce Jenner was until he became Caitlyn Jenner. You know what I mean? But for him, yeah, Bruce dude, Jenner was like, Bruce Jenner was his hero athlete growing up. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like that for me, like hearing you say that about Hulk Hogan. Like, like no. I knew he was like yeah, when I was yeah, watching yeah, yeah. the reality TV. I was like, yeah, I've heard the name, but like I didn't. I was never interested in wrestling as a kid. So. It's like to my parents, Arnold Schwarzenegger was like, oh yeah, the bodybuilder, and yeah, oh right. yeah, and he became an actor and everything. And then to me, get to the chopper. No, yeah, to me, he's the Terminator. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah. So, all right. Uh, where where was I? Shit. Uh, oh yeah, 1957. Uh, the company Whammo creates the first frisbees. I just thought this was funny because I was a gym teacher, but I like, and it was during COVID, so we were like teaching kids how to throw. Like we we, we were like, go find a pillow so we can practice, because this is all online. It was like the most useless time in my life, and I've had some useless times in my life, but, but like I was about as useful as a woven condom uh, when I was a, a COVID gym teacher. The only time that was good, actually, and some of the kids got into it, is I would do like I'd do like physical education. I have I have somebody that's a gym teacher, and they don't like it when I say gym teacher. Yeah, whatever, man. I don't care. I'm like, yeah, I'm really big on titles, as you can tell. Yeah, being politically correct. No, I was a fucking gym teacher and health, and uh, and I feel like people get like two images. It's first of all when I tell people I was a teacher, and because I'm an editor now, they're like, oh, English, right? And I'm like. And then I bow my head and I go, no, health and PE. <laughs> and then I assume there's only two things that people think of health and PE teacher, right? It's like either meathead football and wrestling coach, true, and flirts with students, not true. <laughs> so so I, I, I like I try to make sure people know I'm the meathead football coach. Duh. But uh, yeah, yeah, you know, so I, yeah. I, I, it's I, like I, Homer Simpson. Yeah. I make sure I lean into that one. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, Where's my protein? Yeah, instead of Coach Carr from Mean Girls. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you will get chlamydia and die. Jesus. Uh, okay. Uh, so, yeah, that was all, my... All I got to say about that is I aspire to work for a company named Waymo one day. And Are you... You seem like a Frisbee golf guy. Would you play Frisbee golf? I suck at Frisbee. I would. I, I suck at throwing a Frisbee. So do I. Yeah. Which, is again, is funny with that I was a gym teacher, but I suck at throwing a Frisbee. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I think it would be cool, though. Um. Yeah, it's weird. I like. I, I am amazed by the guys that can get like distance in a straight line on a frisbee. Like it's it is impressive. Yeah, I, I watched some people play um disc frisbee. I, I wrote a story about it a couple years ago. It's pretty cool. They're like, yeah, yes. you get a lot of ticks though. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. I think I remember that. Yeah. Um. All right. January twenty fourth, National Peanut Butter Day. Um. Yeah, I mean, I go with the natural stuff, just, you know, like the lower sugar, you know what I mean? Because that stuff's just good enough as is, you know? But peanut butter, just great, great snack. Yeah, it's a shame, like, were you, like, when you were teaching, well, I guess it was COVID, so never mind. Only part of it. So when you were in the school, we're like, I feel like they had out, have they outlawed peanut butter, like, products, oh, like, like peanut I, products by now? Uh... I think if it was like contained in plastic or something, I think you were okay. Because like sometimes you go on flights and it'll be like you'll read 
on, you'll be on the airplane and the little car will be like, this is a nut free, this is a peanut free flight. And it's just like, <laughs> who determined that? And why, why do I only know now? You know, it can, it, it, it's fucked up. It can actually, yeah, like, no, it can, the vapors it, can actually yeah. like get to some people. So yeah, I don't, but it's just like in instances like that, I wish I knew beforehand. It's not like I'm carrying peanut butter on me every flight, but like you don't realize that until you're sitting down and this, no, you're not that conscious of it, right? In this like, metal tube, and then it's just like, oh, somebody might actually be deathly allergic to to this little snack I'm about to have. Dude, whenever I think about allergies, I think about like what about like what did did pilgrims that came over I here know, did they have fucking know, allergies? Right? Because like because like those people just died right away, right? <laughs> Yeah, I think about that all if, the time. If they had them. just like everything. It's just like like pilgrims didn't go to the dentist, you know? Like oh, Yeah. And then like Like were they dying by like dental infections? Yeah, oh, definitely. Had to have been. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, their teeth were pretty fucked up. Oh man. And then and they were just so dumb. Like everyone back then was so dumb. Like, oh yeah, just let them bleed it out. <laughs> Yeah, Christ- <laughs> Christopher Columbus made uh, made some love to uh, what was it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it? <laughs> walrus or whatever. Uh, it was. Uh, to beautiful uh, manatees, yeah, manatees, that he that yeah. he that he thought were mermaids or something like that. It might be the other way around. I think he I think he found out the mermaids were ugly. I think that's what he gotcha. he was he was disappointed that the mermaids were more. Ugly. These aren't what I were made out to be. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, it's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone has their bad days, I guess. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think we know plenty of guys that would hump a manatee, so I don't know. Um, all right. Yes, I mean, including guys that have been in the jungle for 30 years. So 1972, Shoichi Yokoi was the last Japanese holdout from World War II. We we touched on this, and I thought this is what Archer was picking on or, or referencing, I should say, the show Archer. But apparently what I'm talking about right now is what Archer was referencing. This guy was on Guam 27 years after the fucking war was over and apparently came home and claimed like, oh, yeah, I was just waiting for reinforcements or orders or whatever. It was him and nine other guys. Seven of the guys were like, fuck this, I'm out, and they moved away eventually. But three guys stayed, and then the last two, other than this Yokoi guy, died in 1964 in a flood. So then this Yokoi guy was like, living in the jungle for another 27 years after the war lone survivor by himself at that point i call bullshit i don't want to like besmirch this guy's honor and his uh his commitment to the cause i guess because it's it's you know even though it was japan and they were the enemy there's like a you know you can still respect the enemy and their commitment right Yeah, yeah yeah so i call bullshit I think this guy just had a shitty life in Japan and was like, you know what, this jungle I'm not thing going is back. Yeah, this jungle thing's working out for me. I'm good. Like you he's know like what? that. He's like that um, Olympic athlete at the last Olympics that tried to uh, run away from their. Con- I forget what country it was, but uh, like once they were done in the Olympics, didn't go on the plane and was like, dude, talk about things I always think about. Like, how do people come to the Olympics in America and not just say, fuck that, I'm staying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's what what happened last Olympics. I forget who it was and what country, but there was somebody that tried to defect. Probably fucking Iran or something. <sighs> anyway, yeah, we should look that one up later. But yeah. um, let's see, January twenty fourth, uh, nineteen thirty five, was the first canned beer, which um, which probably really like you know uh, accelerated the white trash epidemic, right? Yeah. Huh? Oh yeah. Pabst Blue Ribbon. I'm I'm white trash and I'm in trouble. 
Um, of course, I'm white trash, and I don't drink beer. So, <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, January 25 is opposite day. Yeah, I, that's not one I've heard um, since I was a kid. Um, opposite day was big as a in my childhood. I don't know if it if it was for yours. Yeah, like, so the, it, the it, you thought it was this massive thing, and like it, the world kind of revolved around it. It's it's kind of like quicksand. Like uh, I don't know about you, but not as big of a not as big of a thing, uh, or uh, as big of an issue life. once once yeah. you once you grow up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, unless you're a teacher, I'd say, or a parent. Um, I'd say it's still the bane of your existence as a teacher or a parent. Quicksand or opposite so, day. Uh, <laughs> I'm talking about opposite day, but yeah. Um, but, you know, yeah, some days as a teacher feel like quicksand, you know. Yeah. You just keep struggling and you keep getting in deeper. Um, 1905 in South Africa, the largest diamond ever found, 1.33 pounds. One and a third pounds. And, uh, and I'm sure, you know, whatever guy gave it to his wife, she still bitched when the dishes weren't done. But, you know. 1993, uh, Chad Rowan was the first non-Japanese uh, competitor to achieve Yokozuna status in sumo wrestling. Now, I very briefly looked into this, actually, into becoming a sumo wrestler myself. <laughs> Dude, sumo is fucking fun. Like, we, like, as a wrestling coach, you do this as a drill. I would have the kids do it a lot, actually, because you just there's a lot of translation of the skill. Like, if you watch wrestling, you can't get pushed around. You can't get pushed backwards the whole time. But at the same time, you can't push in too hard. It's a balance thing, you know? Um, so especially if you're a lineman or something, you should do some sumo shit. Actually, I, I think I, th- I I had the football sumo. players do sumo too. Yeah, Sumo Tory. All right. Um, so, yeah, no, nah, and I'm not nearly good enough or big enough. Like, this guy was like 455 pounds, like big Hawaiian dude. Um, but, yeah, so, like, it, 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 he broke into the, into the Japanese ranks, you know? Good for him. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. And, uh... So on a sadder note, January 26th uh, in 2020, uh, uh, all I said to you was January tw- or yeah, you, you knew the date. You yeah, know, you, like you, this is something that, especially as a basketball fan, sticks with you. I obviously remember you know when it happened, um, but yeah, this is the day that Kobe died. Um, six years. I mean, four years. Excuse me. Yeah, four years. That's it, yeah, crazy. It is crazy. It's a, it like uh, yeah, it's not too long after. Yeah, I moved back here, um, but I do remember it pretty clearly, and I don't know, man. Like, I know there's been a little bit of revisionist history. He wasn't an angel, right? You know what I mean? But at the same time, like, he, you know, I don't know. I'm I'm still okay with having him number two on my all-time list. He, he It's two, it, you know, it's 2A and 2B, him and LeBron for me, you know? Like, and then and then it's, it's MJ is one, but... I don't know. I don't think he gets enough due in the in the conversation for for the goat. You know. Yeah, he's definitely top five. I don't think he's top two for me. But um, well, you're the basketball guy, so I'll fuck very, off. I guess very fun to watch uh, as a Celtics fan. Like hated going up against him all the time. Um, knew it was never going to be easy. Uh, got to see him him play in his final year. Was it? I, if it wasn't his final year, it's his second second year before he retired. Um, Super fun. Very fortunate that I got to see him play at the Garden. Um, yeah, I remember exactly where I was. I was scrolling Twitter on my job, at my job, and I got a report from TMZ, and I was like, ooh, you know, and I, I clicked on it, and then I was, it's a report, Kobe Bryant has died, and then uh, just, uh, you know, everything flooded my timeline, and then it was like, uh, it was like a, I was in shock. I was like, no, no way. This, you know? Yeah, fake news, right? Yeah. That's what it feels like, yeah. Uh so uh anyway um but we'll end on a good note 
uh, appropriately on a Friday. January 26th is a Friday. It is National Fun at Work Day. So hopefully we will also uh, we'll remember uh, National Coffee Break Day and celebrate a, a week later, I guess. And because I think that's kind of required for fun at work on a Friday, right? Um, but yeah, yeah, pizza uh, so, or coffee, something. Yeah, yeah. It's a you know what? Yeah, we maybe maybe we can uh, we can get Lucky Dragon. You know, we never have Lucky Dragon at the office, so we, we can maybe I'll get us Lucky Dragon. Yeah, there you go. I'm supposed to do Shows that with my like you know with my editor responsibility. I'm supposed to buy everybody lunch, right? I guess so. Something like that. Your predecessor know. did. Like, well, wait, wait, you mean Sue? Yeah. No, nah, she didn't buy lunch. She buys like donuts usually. That's, That's true. Yeah, but. That that is probably like part of her success is yeah she she kind of like bribe people with donuts and stuff I haven't been doing that yeah um, maybe we should start she might be just a lot more likable than me too <laughs> anyway that's our show um, thank you everybody for being here thank you Cat TV for giving us this podcasting equipment thank you Mr Alex Grohl with your song that we're about to play Noisy Neighbors. And you are playing it, but for some reason, I, I only don't hear the song. That's so weird. Yeah. Okay. Um, but anyway, uh, but yeah, thanks, everybody, for being here. Thanks, Mike, for doing the show with me. Like I said, everybody, look out for that website coming up, and it's only going to get better. Thank you, guys.